following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Stank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 35 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. Stank. Kevin Smith on this podcast again. Um, and yeah. I'm That's pure. 100% pure PMA. PMA. Him and Joe Rogan. Yeah. I mean, listen, Joe Rogan has nothing but time right now to, to be doing yeah. interviews. Yeah. Joe Rogan, we'd love to have you. Yeah, right? Like in some of those oh, some of those elk steaks that he's always cooking. Oh, that looks so yeah. Uh, but yeah, so again, thank you to Marty and Sarah. And, uh, before we get into the question part of the, the podcast, I know there was a, a special friend of the show that you wanted to shout out, Dave. Yeah, I got my friend, uh, Chase Alexander. He, you know, we've been in some art groups together and, uh, big wrestling fan. And, uh, he was actually doing stuff with Kevin Eastman of the Ninja Turtles. Um, he messaged me out of the blue and said, Hey, I'm doing some spring cleaning. And I came across a treasure trove of like attitude era posters. You know, a lot of them probably came out of like raw magazine and stuff like that. But like, he sent me like this comprehensive list of like pictures. He's like, have anything that you want. So, uh, I'm definitely going to be going through that tonight. And, you know, we need some decorations for that office. Cause we got to start shaping it up pretty soon. Ooh, I, uh, I, so. I told you, I mentioned this specifically. I'm like, look for some Eddie with a mullet because, yeah. Nothing, oh, for sure. Nothing says attitude era like Eddie Guerrero with that fucking mullet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks, Chase. We'll be looking at we'll looking we'll be looking through that list, and uh, you know, maybe we'll send you something nice for all the effort. Yeah. So. Right. Always, always appreciate anytime anyone wants to, you know, donate yeah. anything. Uh, we mentioned last week that uh, we had the employee fund for all the employees. Uh, that aren't working at Pro Wrestling Tees. And, I mean, even myself included, I, I know next week I'll be, you know, we'll be working some hours. Uh, yeah. Not too sure uh, how many exactly. But uh, if you want to support, you know, us, um, you know, we, we have T-shirts, uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash PWTCast. Yep. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, if if you ha- if you don't have the, the means to uh, – purchase a t-shirt no worries uh if you still you know if you have a few bucks that you want to donate anyways you know go to head over to the website and you can you know uh contribute whatever you can to the to the employee fund yeah we got a lot of good good people working here that uh you know some of them can't do the stuff that you know me and birder are doing um because it requires them to be there uh you know during the quarantine stuff and we're just we're trying to all be safe but uh Yes, help support the company that's been covering your torsos in delicious shirts for years. So, yeah, exactly. uh, yeah. And someone, you know, what, someone who is a big supporter of ours specifically, uh, Jesse. We you know we've mentioned them. Yes, we've mentioned them so many times. Jesse Kohlberg, I believe, is how his last name is pronounced. Um, he's red fan of the week for us. He so very early on, we we put it out there. We're like, hey, if any of you guys uh, purchase every one of the t-shirts that we sell we will have you on you know on the podcast god damn jesse what did he do he bought every he done did it yeah he bought every single shirt that we'd put out and even after we were like yeah for sure you're on 
he still went and bought like another, I believe it was like the movie talk shirt that we had put out uh, after we'd already told him, yeah, you know, we're going to have you on. He still went ahead and, and bought that one. And yeah. Super, true friend of the show. Yes, true friend of the show. Super great guy. I ran into him briefly during C2E2 weekend, but you know, it was pretty busy with punks. We only talked for like a little bit, but you know, great guy. Like I, uh, we're, we're like, I, I greeted him with like a giant hug. Cause you know, I, everyone who supports us, whether it's just with like a retweet or, you know, purchasing some kind, word. stuff, kind words. Yeah, yeah. We love you guys. And he's someone who's been supporting us for a long time. And last week we put it out there where we're like, Hey, this is going to be more of a at home episode where, uh, you know, it's gonna be a little bit more loosey goosey, you know, as opposed yeah. to the normal way we we do it. So we we said if you you know if anyone has any questions you guys want answered, any comments, whatever, go ahead and send them over to us. And sorry, I had to burp. And Jesse was the one who sent us he sent us a nice comprehensive list different questions yeah. too to, for the both of for the both of us, which was a nice touch. Exactly, I think the first one is the same. Um, but the the next few ones, you know, we, we were just double checking, making sure that it wasn't all the same questions and yeah, some pretty we got some personalized ones. We got some personalized ones, which is pretty good. Uh, so uh, should I start or, or do you want to start or how do you want to? Yeah, well, yeah, let's start with the the one that he asked both of us, and then then you go and I'll go. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so you <laughs> should I? Read? I read it. You read it? Okay, sure. Uh, uh, he says, uh, how do you see Marvel introducing mutants into the MCU and which mutants do you think will be introduced first? Um, personally, I think, um, I kind of think we're going to see like a soft introduction through WandaVision. Um, you know, in comics, uh, Scarlet Witch was the one that stopped mutants from being born, so I think it'd be a nice little reversal to have her somehow be responsible with like uh, bringing mutants. And also, I, I think I think we talked about this before. The, the multiverse of madness for Doctor Strange might be introducing different, you know, different multiverse aspects coming in. So maybe we get mutants that way. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? Um, so my two theories that have been kind of just rattling around in my mind for, for the longest, not just specifically with this one, but just, you yeah. know, whenever the, the subject of how should they introduce the mutants comes up, I, I have my, my two go-to answers. The first one being, uh, WandaVision, you know, reverse house of M basically, yeah. you know, she introduces everyone, yeah. brings them in, uh, because you know there, there's nothing to say that there aren't already mutants there, you know. Yeah, I mean, just because we haven't seen them in the movies doesn't mean they don't exist. Exactly, you know, like you look at Captain Marvel, who right. had existed in the MCU for almost thirty years, you know, technically like thirty yeah. years or something like that, and we never heard. And like some people want to be like such continuity like sticklers. It's fine. I understand. Yeah. I get it. Kevin did not, you know, Kevin Feige did not anticipate, you know, all, and how could, he? how could he anticipate 30 something movies, you know, down the line. So it's fine if they have to kind of, you know, fudge the continuity a little bit. It, it, it's okay. I, I forgive them. But, uh, the second one, I think that we might, I, I don't think the multiverse of madness will introduce them just because 
like there's already so much going on with that that yeah i feel like it might be overkill so uh i think we might get a glimpse of them or at least see like the the x gene being introduced uh via the eternals and oh yeah specifically more so because over the weekend the hot rumor was uh that namor was going to be introduced that they were going to introduce him and they would show you the fall of atlantis because this movie spans over thousands of years yeah um and for those of you who know of namor he is the first mutant the first mutant yeah the first mutant so i i definitely think eternals slash wandavision will be the way that we were introduced to them um and as far as who like the character the first you know mutants that we focus on should be uh i wanna i'll just i kind of left field um have it be the new mutants you know that movie's still coming out i definitely think there's a way to to retcon that into the mcu and i think like if those are the first kind of characters we're introduced to that'll you know that'll be fun because obviously you have your your you know wolverines or like it would be kind of weird to just introduce like some people were like oh you can introduce storm and black panther too and it's like yeah sure but like you know like the character well and that's the other thing not all the black characters have to be in the same thing (laughs) you know what i mean Well, like all because well like in the comics she's married to black panther uh yeah eventually yeah yeah it's like eventually it's like she can be her own character at first yeah. you know um but i don't know who who do you who would you like to see kind of be like the the character or characters that are i i mean when people think of the mutants instantly they think of like the x-men so i, I think if you want to satisfy like a lot of the the diehards you probably gotta establish magneto and xavier in some way um and of course, like if you're if you're Marvel and Disney, you're gonna want to get Wolverine started as soon as you can, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's the beauty of Wolverine. Even in the comics, is you can do Wolverine by himself. You can do Wolverine as part of the X Men. You could do Wolverine as part of X Force. Uh, you can even do Wolverine as an Avenger. He was an Avenger for some time, so um, you know he's he's a very versatile character and. You know, at first I hated that Hugh Jackman was Wolverine, but he ended up being pretty good. So it'll be uh, it'll be kind of cool to see what they come up with next for him. But I, I definitely think Magneto, uh, Xavier, and Wolverine have got to be some of the first outside of the New Mutants. But uh, like when we're thinking like classic X Men, that's what I think they'll focus on. I just want to see X Men. You know, it's like whatever. Yeah, they do. I want to see Marvel's X Men. Yeah, it's like whatever you do, do it. It's fine. Like. People will yeah. complain no matter what. Just give us some X Men. I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see what a friend of the show Kelsey thinks because she is a huge. And we're finishing what we can print, you know, print wise as far as like we had our, our last sale. Um, yeah, you know, so we were able to help with that, keep a little busy. Um, but I've had a lot of time at WrestleMania 21, um, and like it's nothing. It's they've had better matches, and it's not like the best one that they had. But to me, it's like well that was the first wrestlemania match i ever got to see uh obviously his match with brock lesnar where he won the title is it you know it's a huge one because yeah the holy shit you know like the the electricity what a great crowd. yeah and it was like yeah. in los angeles i believe uh or 
it was in California, you know, where they have like a giant population of like Hispanic crowd. So it was just, just very cool. Uh, he had a like a no DQ match with Edge on SmackDown that was really fucking good. Uh, but if I had to pinpoint one, it's it's got to be him versus Rey Mysterio at Halloween Havoc. Like, oh, you know that's that's always my go to Eddie match. Like that's a match you can throw on, and I'll just like man, this guy is so fucking good. Like both those yeah, guys are cru- so good. WCW Cruiserweight Eddie Guerrero was like. Oof perfection Rey Mysterio too you know like yeah and now that style is more of like a, a common style that people are you know they're used to but back then back then, back then that yeah. was so innovative and like it still holds up you know that yeah. match still holds up to this day and yeah that's that's my favorite Eddie match what about you I mean for if we're talking like sentimental reasons I like uh Eddie versus Brock when he wins the title um just like you know, if you if you watched Eddie Guerrero, you knew how good he was, um, and then you also kind of knew if you followed you know quote unquote dirt sheets or just behind the scenes stuff, you know how many demons he was battling for a long time, and just so just to see him, and you know, and there was a time where that was like peak big guy, um, you know, you, you would have like your Kevin Nash's or like you know Brock Lesnar, who, who's bigger than Brock Lesnar almost, you know, and so there was always that thought that he was too small. You know, there's that famous uh, reference to the, all those cruiserweight type wrestlers as vanilla midgets, and just to see him kind of rebuff that was great. So, for sentimental reasons, that um, for entertainment reasons, I always thought when he was uh, he was going against Chavo, uh, <laughs> and and you know he there was Pepe the the <laughs> to me that was like the best and it was a great way to showcase chavo and kind of give him a little bit of the rub too so there's so many um, of those vignettes yeah uh so and then, you know you got the eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler shirt <laughs> from all that stuff so um yeah it's uh if i had to say it'd probably be the brock lesnar championship match how crazy is it that he literally had a match with ray mysterio for custody of his child yeah <laughs> That's yeah. That, that's and that child is you know he wants to be a wrestler, so he looks like a little Walter, Dominic Mysterio. Little, a little bit, yeah. He looks like tiny Walter, which led yeah. to everyone was like talking about it, and then Walter wound up hitting like a six one nine in a match, and I yeah, love it. How, I, I love when that, the internet brings things to life. That man can do no wrong, by the way. Uh, what about you? What was the the, the question number oh. two that he posed for you? So he gave me was art. Or drawing always a passion to you, or did you have another thing you wanted to do when you grew up? So, my job now is kind of a combination of both things that I wanted to do. Um, my dad was a good artist. Uh, my grandpa actually graduated from the Art Institute of Chicago, and so like when I was younger, um, I would see all this stuff that he used to do. like. He did like cartoons for the army, and like he also. <laughs> You know, sadly, he did a lot of like racist caricatures back in the day because <laughs> that was just, you know, that was just the time. Not excusing any racism at all, but what, like, was this I your, would look at. Was this your German grandfather uh, or your Korean grandfather? Yeah, no, my German grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there'd be like these real stereotypical depictions of African Americans. And it's just like, if you saw it now, you'd be like, oh, what the hell is this? But like back then, to, to a lot of people, 
you know, how, how times have changed and for the better. So plus they, but, they, they don't compare it to your racist caricatures. No, the, my, my, my racism caricatures are top notch. Top notch. So, but no, he was a great artist. And so like I would spend, you know, every Saturday I'd go to his house and then I would, uh, I would spend my whole Saturday trying to impress him with my art. Like I would draw comic book covers from like a Batman cover. And then he would, he would just tape them to his wall and my wall, his wall was covered with like lined notebook paper with like some really subpar pictures of Batman and Superman and uh, anthropomorphic uh, boogers. <laughs> People like I would draw, I would draw farts somehow and he would love it. And so he, he would encourage me with that. So I, I was always drawing when I was a kid, but I always told people that I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I was younger Cause I was so into it. Um, so that never happened, but I'm able to take my art and work with pro wrestlers so that, you know, I'm, I'm about as close as I can get to that without being it. And so through, through this whole job, I've gotten to meet some of the most wonderful people. I've gotten to talk to people that I idolized on my screen when I was a little kid in the eighties. Um, and yeah, work for pro wrestling teeth has been like one of the coolest things ever. So, uh, pretty much I'd say dream come true, you know, definitely sounds like the boyhood dream is come true. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so he, uh, he, you know, throwing it back to me, uh, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this one just because, uh, you know, you're usually there until about five thirty six, unless we have to like record. Um, yeah. Jesse asks, what are late, late nights at PWT? Like, that he, he's always like when you had the water issue or during the black Friday sales, uh, knife throwing notwithstanding, uh, for those, for context for that, uh, we had a flood a while back where the entire place got flooded and there was no stopping it. So Frank and I were here with Ryan till about three in the morning till about three in the morning. And then Ryan just stood here the rest of the night till the plumber could come back in the morning with a solution to how to fix the, the flooding because we, you know, we didn't want the whole store to, to drown basically. Uh, yeah. when we were doing that, we, uh, Ryan, Ryan was like, Hey, you guys, uh, you guys want to throw knives? Which of course we're like, yeah, of course. Yes, let's, of fucking, course. let's throw knives. And, uh, yeah, me, Frank and Ryan just sat there throwing knives. Um, but our late nights, I mean, typically the late, late nights are, post like our fourth of july sale and uh yep, sales and black friday black friday obviously being the longest one that we have just because it's typically our biggest sale um and with those it just it, it depends you know like the we have the luxury of because we all work you know it's one two three four five it's six printers yeah six people printing uh and on 12 different machines and then you know so it's those guys and then delgado and then four people in the shipping department you have matt nix and then myself and then frank you know so we have the luxury of we spend so much time together that we're like family you know we're all like brothers frank being the you know the older brother who fucking tells us what to do it sets us straight uh and so because we're all like so close it's uh, we can all stand each other's craziness. Like sometimes people come in in like a shitty mood and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, don't talk to, to Paul today or, oh, great, fucking, uh, you know, 
Zisselman's in a mood. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we all get along and it's just, it's a lot of, you'll see the, we all get a little stir crazy after a while. You know, it's a lot of just, uh, we'll kind of, you know, like with, uh, with Jeremy, one of the, the, the head printer, you know, he'll, he'll be saying something and then, uh, Frank will come out of, come out of his office and be like, yeah, right, Jeremy. And then it'll lead to Nick. Yeah, right, Jeremy. And then we'll all just kind of follow in suit or, you know, we'll find someone and be like, oh yeah, John, you know, Delgado fucking, yeah, you said this thing. It's a lot of, it feels a lot like summer camp, you know, yeah. like a late night at summer camp. Where we're all just, we're all giving each other shit, but it's like the meaner the thing that you say, it's like the more that you love each other, you know? Because again, there's nothing. You wouldn't feel comfortable saying that to someone you didn't love. Not at all. No, like the way yeah. we the way we speak to each other. Like, uh, <laughs> there's been times where uh, Gail Ryan's mom, who's our HR, or she'll be like, "Oh man, are you like are you gonna let that person say that to you?" And I'll be like, "Are you gonna let that person say that to me? Like, you're fucking HR." And she's like, "Ah, you're fine." Yeah. You know. But again, it's because we're all like a close family, and it's all it's all in good fun. You know. Like yeah. we all get along and it's crazy. I, I don't think I've ever been to a job where that many people you can get do along. that. Not only that, but like yeah, where that yeah. many people get along with each other because yeah, like, you know, I've had jobs where it's like, Oh, here comes fucking, here comes Roxanne and oh, and it's like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Or you just straight up ignore people. And here, like, yeah. I think it's safe to say I get along with everybody, you know, like, yeah. And I don't know if it's mostly because it's my job as like Frank's, the right hand man to you know to hey if there's an issue go to frank and be like hey here's this issue we got to kind of correct it um yeah i don't know for as anti-social as i am i'm pretty sociable at work yeah i think that i think that's the one thing that a lot of people that get to that aren't part of pro wrestling tees but kind of hang out on the periphery they're like how do you guys how are you guys able to talk to each other like that and still be cool and so that's definitely like, if you don't know and you you jump into the situation, it, it, it takes a very special person to work there, right? Like not everyone could handle the quote unquote abuse that we give each other. But um, if you're down, it's like the most fun place to be at. So, yeah, it's you know again, it, it, like you said, it, you have to have some tough skin to to work yeah. there. But it's all it's all in good fun, you know. Yeah. We've all said the worst of the worst to each other. Some pretty fucked up things. Uh, yeah. But again, you know, we, we all love each other. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, it's, sure. you know, if, some, if something really upsets someone for the most part, it'll be like, hey, you know, we probably shouldn't say that anymore because it clearly upsets so-and-so. Or the person will just straight up be like, hey, not cool. Can you not talk about that? And it's never like, oh, yeah, what are you going to do about it? It's, oh, cool. Don't worry about it. Yeah. You know? um, but... Let's, uh, let's head over to one of your questions, Dave. Yeah. Uh, have you had any designs rejected by a wrestler or company that worked for another person or company? So I, th- I think what he's trying to say is, have I ever had a design rejected and then said, this will be perfect for someone else? Um, no, like, yes and no. So most of the designs that we end up doing for people are pretty bespoke for that person right so um you'll see a lot of t-shirts on amazon and stuff that clearly they don't know their target audience and they're just doing an algorithm to make a shirt you know Mm -hmm. um so it'll be like i'm i'm an irish plumber with tattoos and i have views on 
Obamacare and you're just going to have to get used to it. It's like, who would buy that shirt? Right. And you can't just plug stuff in for a lot of these. Um, I will say I've had a lot of designs that were initially rejected that I felt strongly about. Cause like I've done enough shirts for the most part, I know what will work once it's like, if I see it, I'm like, Oh, this will be good. It's normally pretty good. Um, and not from an art, I'm not, you know, tooting my own horn here, but like, I know if something will sell or not, we'll, we'll put it that way. So, um, I've definitely had feedback from people where they're like, nah, this is not what we want. And then they'll come back later and say, okay, we'll do that. <laughs> and then it ended up being like a really good shirt. So that's happened a lot. And, um, that just comes from, you know, people will say they want to design and they'll say, I'll let you choose. But really people know what they want. And sometimes maybe they're just too polite to say it until you give them something. Um, and sometimes people's ideas for designs are not great. And so once they take a step back and they're like, all right, this is probably the best for my brand or for sales, um, you know, then they'll say, all right, we'll use that design. And that's happened a couple of times with a few big names and a few big companies. I don't want to put anyone on blast. But, oh, no, no, uh, no. We're going to name names, though. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we had a few podcasts, a few famous wrestlers or wrestling personalities and some companies. So, um but it's all good. When it comes to that stuff, I have no ego about it. If someone doesn't like something, I'm there to give them something they like. So it's not my shirt store. It's theirs. So, um, yeah. I'm, in my personal life, like I've done pop culture designs and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I can say I've probably finessed like a design concept and worked it for something else. But it, it doesn't happen a lot. So. I've, I've, Everything's bespoke. I, when I worked up front uh, as reception, uh, my computer had Photoshop, and there was two designs that I did. One was for Zack Saber Junior. That uh, didn't he, he he didn't want to do the shirt, and like in hindsight, again, like I also was like I have no, I have very little Photoshop skills. So if he doesn't like this, totally okay, and. He was like, no, nah. he's like, you know, it wasn't something you wanted and oh, it was fine. You know, wasn't like yeah. upset about it. The second design was one that did get uh, approved. It was a Tommaso Ciampa psycho killer uh, design that won the, for like a while was like his top seller. And I was like, oh, and it was literally, nice. it was literally just, I wanted to fucking design something cool for someone that I liked. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I've obviously not had the the luck of designing as much stuff as you, but so so as someone that's not, you know, talented, quote, I get quote, it, Dave. A, graf- a graphic designer, <laughs> uh huh. Someone whose job isn't graphic designer. How how does something like that feel? Like you're like holy shit, especially when you see someone wearing the piece of merch. How does that feel for you? I mean, it felt a haircut or not, right? Like it's like no one's gonna see me. I'm quarantined, uh, so I'm not worried about anyone seeing me. You know. But yeah. put out shirts and some some are like really cool. Where it's like awesome that that's something I would want to wear. Um, right. And then sometimes they'll put things out where it's like, like who's gonna wear that? Yeah, like a, like a big smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there's just things that doesn't. And listen, if if the person if the wrestler enjoyed that shirt, then hey, by all means, more power to them. More power yeah. to them. 
you know um but like as someone who you know didn't design it i just i literally just sat there and was like hmm like what's something i would wear right cool i would wear this and you know i i put it together and luckily you know he he enjoyed it he liked it i think there was like one tweak that he was like can we just you know maybe fix this and i fixed it and he liked it and yeah so it, it, was, it felt pretty cool you know again just being able you to help you out. didn't refuse you were like this is my artistic vision and i really beg to differ i was like listen psycho killer uh yeah no no i don't know. it's like oh yeah sure right away sir i will oblige and like yeah. i remember uh i would see him at like aaw shows and he was always like oh man thank you so much it's like he would be selling the shirt there uh which was also cool you know or it was just yeah. like oh oh tomaso just stop uh this ooh, this question unless were, were you done or did you have anything else to uh no no i that's all i got to say about okay. that this one is uh, a little bit more on the serious side so uh let's get ready for it crust or no crust on bread when making a sandwich uh, crust 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 all the way brother i uh i've yeah. never yeah. i've never understood that's bread yeah I've never understood the no crust, crust people. Crust different. Yeah, it's it's this it's literally the same stuff. It's just the outside of it. Like when you like, and when you get like a fresh loaf of bread, and it's just like, oh man, it's nothing I, better. Nothing better. I I love crust. I've never. Um, I couldn't have imagined like, especially like as a kid, telling my mom like, hey, can you cut off the crust? She probably would. Yeah. Tell, like yeah, like she'd be like, stop wasting bread. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? Like, my my, my mom and dad were you know. They had a, a lower middle class uh, income and they had to feed three kids and I was going to fucking tell the them crust. I didn't want the crust. Was not going to yeah, happen. It's weird. Like, you know, if you guys got any comments about it, you know, hit us up on Twitter or whatever, or Instagram. But like, why? Like, I've heard people say crust is gross. What's gross about crust? It tastes like bread. Yeah. It's. Listen, I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't know if there's any correlation between like sociopaths and people that don't like crusts, but I'm pretty sure if I hopped on Google, there would have to be some sort of pie chart or graph somewhere that shows some sort of correlation between the two. I will say if anything was born of this argument uh, and this uh, aversion to crust, that's a benefit to humanity. It definitely is smuckers uncrustables. Those are Goddamn delicious! I've, I've never been a fan of those. And you know what? Oh. I, you know what I think it is. In grammar school, we got like generic versions of those. Yeah, and they were disgusting. Like I'm not a big PB and J fan myself. You know, like if yeah. if I if it's the only thing available, sure, like I'll have one. But I remember in grammar school, they would give us these like shitty generic ones, and they were so bad. And it was just like, why couldn't like. Oh, it was, and I think that kind of put me off to to Uncrustables because yeah. I I remember I think it was like in the summer where you had you had a bunch of them. You're always like, here, do you want one? And I always felt yeah, so, I always uh, felt so rude. I was like, no, it's okay. Yeah, actually, like everyone in the Pro Wrestling Tees room, they're like, bring back them Uncrustables. I'm thinking about it. They just go so quick, but yeah, you go I'm to a like, big. Uncrustables you go to fan. Costco and get one of those giant ones, those giant packs. Cool. <laughs> I did have I had a uh, one of these restaurants uh, I got a deep fried Uncrustable in it that was bad 
because it's, it's all white bread. It just soaked up all the grease. Oh. It was like, oh, yeah. That's what, like, I was, that's what I was saying. I was like, I don't think there's enough in there to deep fry that. Oh. Yeah, oh. not great. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm a crust guy. You definitely crust guy. All right. Well, my next question, we can both answer this one. Taco shells, hard or soft shell? My grandmother would roll over in her grave if I said... If you had some old... What's up? (laughs) If you had some old El Paso hard shells? Yeah. Um, No, I I prefer soft... Like, it's just... Like, the closest thing to a hard shell taco that I'll eat would be, like, the Dorito Locos tacos from Taco Bell. Yeah. But you can't even eat that. It it breaks apart instantly. Yeah, I mean... You know, I'm married to a white lady... <laughs> where do she'll make some where do I where would it so and my two stepsons are as white as the driven snow so they really like the old El Paso with like seasoned ground beef taco meat but I, I won't say know. no to some El Paso like I <laughs> you know. I won't turn it down no I'm not a snob but if you said here's some old El Paso shell tacos and you know not to knock them they're getting real elaborate they got those flat bottomed ones that stand up that's a pretty good idea. But if you were not a heathen and you just had, you know, the double soft shell taco and you just picked it up and, you know, carne asada with uh, onion and cilantro. I know you're a cilantro guy yourself. Ooh, I am a cilantro slut. This boy is a cilantro slut. And I don't mean the slut shame. I'm saying that as a, ooh, girl. But I, uh, I often go to taco soft- places and I'll be like, can I get some uh, carne asada with my cilantro, please? <laughs> it's like catnip for this guy. But <laughs> crazy for it. He's just rolling around in it, rubbing his face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me, I, I, <laughs> I get as about excited as uh, your dog Rocky does for, for cilantro. Yeah, your your, uh, your scrump rocket comes up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I won't turn down a, a you know a hard shell taco. Um, yeah, it's soft shell. I mean, soft. Uh, the, Tortilla, a soft tortilla is yeah. usually my go-to. Yeah. But I to to go even further on that, a two-parter, corn or flour for a tortilla? Well, I prefer corn, but like you can get some bad corn ones mm-hmm. that like fall apart really bad. Uh, but I'll say corn. Well, like with me, so I there's the only the, the only tortilla brand that I will have in my household is uh el milagro which is yes. the you know the white package with like the little lady hand making the tortillas on there if anyone's seen that which fun, funny enough i almost dated uh a girl who at one point was the heiress to the milagro tortilla uh like corporation uh but then in a very game of thrones style her father got fucking he got screwed out of out of it it was a whole thing and I, I I was almost uh, I almost dated the the heiress to the fortune. Uh, you were almost the, the Triple H of El Milagro. Oh God, that would have been so. I would have been rolling some sweet sweet tortilla money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they make very good flour tortillas. So I guess I'm answering my own question. I'll uh, you know corn my go to, but yeah. if you have, I'm a tortilla guy. Flour for burritos. That's how yeah. I go. That's yeah. how I roll. That's that's, and yeah. <laughs> Any tortilla. And that's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, yeah. All right. I'll, I'll head to, uh, we're getting down to the final two, at least, that he said yeah. to us. Um, do you think that Chris Evans uh, 
and slash or Robert Downey Jr. ever reprise their roles in the MCU again in a major role. Funny enough, uh, this week I was reading a rumor um, because so Robert Downey Jr. was on Joe Rogan's podcast maybe like two months ago. Um, I believe like a month or two ago, he was, you know, he was doing the media rounds for that Dr. Doolittle movie that he was in. He was really harassing RDJ. Yeah, you know, and Robert Robert's thing was basically like, I just like, I'm not going to say no, you know, um, right. It Like the options always there if it's something worth my time, which I, I yeah, he basically said it's going to be compelling. You know, very similar to CM Punk when, you know, like when they ask him, are you ever going to come back to wrestle? It's like, if it's something worth my time and compelling, sure. You know, Um, and that was Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, thing. Allegedly, because that that movie or that Dr. Doolittle movie bombed, you know, like it bombed bad. Uh, So I guess due to that, he is now considering... uh, being in so for a while there's a i think it's like blacklist or something like that where they have scripts uh where that are like considered oh this script is so good but it's just it's not made it's probably not going to get made and there's right. a an iron heart one who uh for those of you unaware iron heart is a riri i forget her last name um but in the comic book she takes over for iron man right so there's now rumors of her being the one to take up the mantle of, uh, you know, Iron Heart, Iron Man, and that Robert Downey Jr. would come back as the AI, which is a great idea. Great idea, because I mean, he already wasn't in the suit as much. You know, he was already doing the least amount of possible, which is fine. He's or he's earned. He earned. That. You know, yeah. that franchise he carried that franchise on his back for years. So if you know he wants to have some stunt double do everything for him, by all means. Um, that's fine, you know, because you, I really wouldn't want him to come back from the dead, per se. Like, all right, guys. So with everyone being quarantined, everyone stuck at home. Uh, one of the things that we've been uh, we've been missing a lot of is wrestling shows, live wrestling shows, especially in Chicago. There's so many different companies that run, uh, and you know, if you go to like an AEW show, their backstage correspondent is someone who, if you listen to this podcast, you're very familiar with her. Me and Dave, we we joke all the time. This podcast is, you know, it's the Pro Wrestling Tees podcast. We hardly ever talk about wrestling. The one thing we do talk about, though, amongst many others, is how much we love Sarah Joy Shockey. You know, we've had guests on here, <laughs> and it's you know, it's almost like oh, let's just this is a this is now the uh, we have a, a a bit on the show, you know, fan of the week with its own intro music by Kevin Aldridge. Dave and I, we often joke we should just have the how much do we love Sarah Joy Shockey bit, and you know, yeah, for sure. Kevin doing <laughs> our own music to it because everyone we've had on just has nothing but the nicest things to say about her. Uh, so without further ado, let's get to it. Sarah Joy Shockey. Sarah, how you doing? Oh, fellas, this has been great. I got enough joy out of that two minute intro to uh, carry me through the rest of the quarantine. So I'll catch you later. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sarah, what have, uh, what have you been doing throughout this quarantine? I know you're lucky enough. You were able to work from home, but aside from work, what's been keeping you sane? Uh, so I feel like in a weird way, I've been self-improving for 
the last, like, I want to say about five years is when I really started to get on the track of like, not just like saying how much I want to improve, but like really trying to figure out and like crack the code of like, what makes me happy? What makes life in all its ebbs and flows good for me? So I've been on this path for a while and um, it involves, you know, sort of doing the things that I like doing every day, staying organized, uh, not keeping crap around the house that I don't like or that makes me sad or is a messy situation. So I've just been doing my five things every day. Um, It's called the Diamond Day and I preach about it all the time. But they're for me, they're read, write, draw, which also includes like crafting and cooking, like drawings, the artistic kind of one uh, sing and exercise. And if I hit all those five, I get to put a little diamond in my tiny log book. And I've been on a streak of diamond days since like the beginning of the year, like basically January 31st, I had one, but then this year started and it's like, now it seems like impossible to break the streak. And I've found different creative ways to do it. And it is really keeping me sane and it's keeping me like making things and reaching out to people. It's just like this extra investment. Cause I know that every day holds, something for me that I will enjoy doing because those five things are things I enjoy doing, but I've just had to be more creative about it during the quarantine. That is one of the things that I've, like, I've always admired about you is that you're always just like, you're always doing something, you know, like we, like, you know, we, I follow you on social media. So it's whether you're, you know, whether it's a drawing that you're just, you're like, Oh, Hey, I thought this would be funny. I drew this or, um, I forget what the website is. I, the WordPress, sometimes you'll just, you know, it's these, beautiful things. oh medium put, yeah medium. there you go you'll put together so i imagine for someone like artistic like you it's very easy to you know like oh hey you have to stay at home and you can't go outside and can't really interact with people because i like i know when they you know when everyone's like oh you have to stay home i'm like all right well that's like that's fine with me i have enough you know comic books regular books and just have enough stuff kind of like you where it's like in my mind i'm like okay i can't i just i can't sit down and watch westworld all day I have to get yep. up and, and do other things because I, there's definitely been days where, and like I, I told Dave, um, where I was like, oh, you know, like I, I mentioned Westworld. I'm like, I'm going to watch about one episode a day. I don't want to blast through the entire thing. And then almost immediately, like the next day, I was like, oh, I was up all night. I, I went through six hours worth of TV and I'm like, just completely. And now it's gone. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, now it's gone. Now I have to have to wait for weekly episodic television. Like, some sort of caveman um but (laughs) it's wild like it tells you what you so it forces you to take inventory of like whether or not you like being at your place whatever that means to you (laughs) well i like that it's like a system of like accountability that you're you're doing too like my wife she just got like an apple watch and like there's this thing for fitness like the three rings that she's got to complete and it's really like motivated her to keep doing stuff so like yeah, having like your little diamond system is great. I mean, even if you're creative, you know, sometimes you just get creative block and then. Yeah, I felt well was running dry recently, yeah. like a couple days in a row. It was like a struggle. And I was like, what am I even going to write today? Like, what am I even going to draw today? But then, of course, you hit those moments where you push yourself through and do a little something so that when you feel creative again, your body's ready and you have the habit of sitting down and then it'll surprise you when you're ready to like push that extra limit or make something new or do an extra fitness thing or something like it is really good to have like a streak system so that you're ready when inspiration strikes. Cause it doesn't always. Yeah, well, and even when it, even when it becomes like a chore too, you're just, you're glad you got it done. 
you know, especially when you got to yes. speak, like, oh, it was it was tough, but I pushed through it, and I feel like I accomplished something. So, I definitely feel and also just like being in our place so much. If you don't have anything to show for it, it's like, oh no. Yeah. I definitely feel there's going to be a lot of uh, screenplays that finally get written from people who, <laughs> yes. much, much like me, have uh, you know has a, a folder on their laptop of just uh, unfinished, so many unfinished screenplays. Uh, but Sarah, uh, you know, we mentioned up front, you worked uh, you worked for not only AAW but for Black Label Pro as well. Um, what's that been like? Not being able to have your you know your monthly like I always kind of just it's i don't want to say like therapy almost but it's it's almost it's therapeutic you go to this wrestling show and you know whatever crazy you know things are going on in the world it's always fun to just get together and and you know in a room with two to five hundred people that all love this weird little thing that you know that we all love and like we've kind of just been you know we're we can't do that at least for the time being and and what's more social than a wrestling show right exactly like how many you know like how many people have you met just through wrestling like i i've me and wes allen you know friend of the show we talk all the time where it's like man it, it's it's so weird how through this again this niche you know carnival sideshow thing uh you meet so many people and it's almost always it's, you know everyone knows everyone and you kind of especially with you sarah because you're again you're, you're you're right there you know you're the one that connects everything uh you'll often be like, oh, hey, have I introduced you to so-and-so? And it has happened to me many times where I'm like, oh, n- no, I don't I don't think I have met this uh, this Jimmy Lee before. And then you introduced me, you know, to a Jimmy Lee, and, you know, we, we hit it off, and we're the best of friends. And I can't say you've, you know, you've introduced me to anyone yet who I've been like, oh, man. That guy, what a stinker. Yeah, that, that guy or gal's been a stinker. Uh, but, you know, from someone who works those Don't shows. Don't cross me. I'll introduce you to all the stinkers I know. <laughs> uh, well, we have all the time in the world now, so I can meet some of those stinkers. We'll Skype some stinkers. <laughs> um, but what's that been like, not being able to go and perform, you know, at those shows? It's interesting because I feel like um, I definitely miss being at the shows, uh, both with wrestling and with improv, like whether it's doing commentary or doing like musical improv or backstage interviews, like whatever it is, there is a very specific feeling that you get from it. And um, more than that, because I think my standards have shifted a little bit, like when we're done podcasting, I'm going to have a zazz of energy because I feel like I'm performing right now, even though I'm not really it there's something in my brain that's like no 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 this can be the same so i can get the same sort of rush of performing out of doing these like one-on-one podcasts we've been doing a lot of extra content for our patreon of just like interviews and you know little ideas i've been playing twitch with my friend ben so i get the same thing what i'm not getting is the interactions with the people and I really took for granted how much I got to talk to a variety of different people who have devoted their lives to entertaining people. So like, you know, just going to a freelance show and seeing like Effie there or, you know, going to AAW and just like hanging out and cutting it up with Chris Statlander, like those are so precious to me now. Cause I think before it was like, yeah, we all just get to do this and we get to do it like once or twice a month and it's cool. And now I'm like, I'll never take it for granted again. It's the coolest thing on the planet. Wrestling is so cool. Performing is so cool. Hanging out and meeting people who care to the point that they've made it a big part of their career. Like that's so exciting to me. And that's the thing I miss the most. Yeah. It's, you know, like you mentioned, we kind of all 
took you for granted and i very much think like the next like live wrestling show regardless of how good which is one of my things with you know with wrestlemania they they already recorded it it's gonna be empty and like for the longest i've said like just wait you know there there's enough content especially with them you know where it's like you can you can hold it off because the excitement and energy for like the next live show the first live show after you know all this is good we're okay to you know interact and be in, in a room with oh, more than 10 yeah. people. Be the sigh of relief. Yeah. yeah it's gonna Even be... like the first time we can all like collectively go to our favorite brunch spot is going to be amazing. Yeah. Oh my, I've been eating so much fast food just because I'm like, oh, I, I, I can't go and, you know, sit in that little cafe and just enjoy a sandwich or something like I used to. And yeah, almost- you'll hear Marty talk about his coffee shops. That's, I think, his biggest like routine interrupter is like being able to just go somewhere outside of your place and sit and focus and enjoy something that someone else prepared. Like, oh, man, we can't do that. All right. Well, I used to be because of the weird hours that like I work over here. Um, sometimes I would get out at like midnight and I'm like, all right, well, I got to go do my groceries. So I would like drive to, to like a 24 hour jewel or a Walmart. But they all close you know they all close at like seven or eight now so it's just it's very weird i think like it was but with me i feel like i took that part for granted where i'm like oh i can just drive to walmart at three in the morning and you know buy yeah. buy whatever rent buy some toilet paper and some cookies <laughs> and like a television if i want um <laughs> Yeah, Walmart's great. Uh, there's a neighborhood Walmart near me that I've been going to when I need groceries. And I like have been taking this all so seriously. And like, I'm, you know, for a little bit, I was like letting myself walk to the lakefront. But then I finally stopped a few days before they told everyone that they were closed the lakefront in the past because it was just people were still being pretty irresponsible. And like, you know, it just made me feel uncomfortable because I'm such a rule follower. So I would like wait and wait and wait until I really needed groceries and then get my little toad out and like, you know, truck on over to the Walmart. And now I like make it such a big deal to go where I'm like, okay, these are the items I'm going to get when I get in there. I'm not going to panic and overbuy, but I'm also going to enjoy it while I'm in there. And if I see something that I want, that's not on the list, I can get it, but not because I'm being a nut and hoarding. So, cause we have a really small apartment. So it's really shifted how I deal with that stuff. And I've been cooking like almost every meal. We finally like ordered fast food one night this week because I was just like real tired. And then it became such a special dream. See, I've been I, I mentioned to you to you and Dave knows I recently moved into what is the pro wrestling tea where one of the one of our warehouses, like my living room is essentially the uh, freelance wrestling academy. Uh, so i've like i've kind of had the luxury of you know i can walk around this giant empty building because you mentioned your apartment you know you can just get in the ring and train huh see i i well dave knows this uh last weekend um because i also have the the apple watch that you know shows you the six rings and i'm like oh like it'll tell you hey get up you know like do some exercise yeah you haven't moved in a while yeah, um, which is I'm like, all right. I'm thanks, like, thanks, Apple Watch. Yeah, I'm like, okay. I know. I'm like, it's a little aggressive, but I guess I'll get up for, and go for a walk. Um, but you know, it told me that where I was like, oh, you know, you have X amount of calories left to burn before you hit your goal, and I was like, I'll, I'll go get in the wrestling ring. Um, you know, I, oh, that's I, so, so I went cool. in there, I stretched, I was like, I'll run the ropes. That's some good cardio. And then like two minutes in, I twisted my ankle, and I was like, oh no. 
I was like, this is what I was like, this is what I get for trying to be healthy. It's hard because when I decided that I was going to start playing tennis again last year, that I just wasn't necessarily like in shape for it. And I used to do a lot of like, I wouldn't exercise at all. And then I'd like hit the gas and then I'd hurt myself. And I twisted my ankle probably like five times before I learned my lesson. And I went to a physical therapist because it was covered by my insurance and they were like, yeah, you're just getting a little older and your muscles don't really work the way that they did when you were in high school. So you just have to be a lot more patient with yourself. And here's some strength building things you can do. And then once you get those, you can do a little bit more. And so it like started this sort of long journey of me trying to strengthen myself in a different way instead of being like, I'm just getting my exercise in so I can check it off the list. Now it's kind of like, Ooh, all right. What are we going to stretch out today? What are we going to focus on? Like what's, and like ice skating became my thing all winter. I was ice skating like, I don't know, three to five times a week on my lunch breaks. When I was downtown, I just walk over cause you can skate for free. If you have your own skates at the, um, all Chicago parks. And I would go to the Maggie Daly skate ribbon and I just like, I got, you know, decent at it, but mostly I learned so much about like balance and enjoying exercise and like loosening up and strengthening. And, um, I'm really glad that I had that time because the day that the rinks closed was March 15th, which was right before we all started working from home. And so it was like, that chapter is like closed and there's no way I could have gone back, but man, next winter is going to be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Come next winter, you're going to be a pro. I mean, you, you have enough time to get ready for the Olympics. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we have every. We have all the, yeah, the world. Now. Yeah, they're not doing summer Olympics now, right? No, you. Twenty twenty-one. You can't do any of the Olympics now. I think there's some countries who are still like, no, it's okay, we'll do it. But I mean, I think, uh, you know, much like with everything else, when push comes to shove, they're going to be like, sorry, but. Yeah, sorry, yeah. sorry bud. Uh, not this time. That's what's happened with like every this is the most of the experience with working for these uh, local companies is everybody's got the best of intentions, their hearts in the right place. They're trying really hard to make it work within the guidelines. And then at the end of the day, it's like people don't really care. Like the CDC and the government doesn't really care what specific event that you wanted to put on in your little category it's like it's none of it's safe so let's just better safe than sorry and then hopefully the sooner we all go away the sooner we can all come back well and we'll we'll wrap up with this uh what what have how do you think that wwe should have handled wrestlemania because i mean obviously you know i I gave my thoughts earlier and i think dave it's you know it's safe to say you know you we kind of agreed on that where they should have just yeah postponed it and then hey you know we're we'll come back and and do this because there's no i mean unless it's like the tv you know usa or whoever it is telling them hey you have to put on shows like i think everyone would be fine if we were like hey these shows are kind of canon but not really you know for these next two three months whatever it is we're just gonna put on wrestling and yeah you know in there we might throw in hey here's this random wrestlemania match from a few years ago to just fill the time but well how do you think all this should have been handled because it's you know i feel like every wrestling fan has has a different point of view on it and yeah just what are your thoughts on it my thinking is yeah i would have still put on a big show like i i think what they're doing is cool and has a really great potential for like interesting different settings and cool matches but i think i would have done something like rebranded it as like what's this mania or something where it's like this isn't wrestlemania we are going to put on a two-night show it's going to be really fun and cool 
Uh, you can pay-per-view it or watch it on the network. Like, whatever they need to do for their streaming and networks, cool. Do that. But it's also, like, doesn't need to be the original mess- WrestleMania idea. Like, do some matchups that you'd never see. Like, put like Naomi and Becky in some like beach match, you know, like do something really cool that you wouldn't normally see. And then say actual WrestleMania is going to be postponed. We know this will mess up the normal rhythm, but you know, if you got to bump like a fast lane or something in the future to get WrestleMania in the fall, that's fine. And nobody would mind. And then like, you know, the indie promotions can kind of gather around whatever weekend it moves to and everyone can sort of be flexible and have that horizon to look forward to. Cause now it's like WrestleMania is going to have, come and gone and we don't really have anything like that to look forward to until maybe like the big AEW star cast like chicago weekend if that gets to happen um but yeah i think what's this mania is my <laughs> my uh compromise that definitely would have been yeah i'll oh, go ahead dave oh go ahead no, no you go ahead well to, like to me like wrestlemania is such a big tent pole like obviously for a lot of independent companies and conventions and stuff and like it means a lot for the city that it's in. So for like a city to lose all that revenue, I mean, Tampa was going to do it anyway with the situation. But like to be able to have something where people can gather, and also like WrestleMania, half of WrestleMania is crowd reaction. You know what I mean? Like yeah, and that buzz in the air. Yeah, like one of my favorite matches was Hogan versus Rock, and like people have always famously said. If you turn off the sound on that match, it's not a great wrestling match. But, you know, that crowd popping and going back and forth between Rock and, and Hulk uh, yeah, that and made the match special. Yeah. Yeah, or something like uh, the Hardy Boys coming out and the entire arena just flipping out, you know. You, you miss yeah. some of that when you're doing like a pre-tape, you know, in an empty room. So that's unfortunate. Um I'm one of the people that think they should have postponed it. And yeah, you, you could fill up. This is such a time for like underutilized wrestlers to get maybe a spotlight where, you know, like a yeah, bigger name. Like, like even, Roman Reigns yes, is like, I don't want to do this. I love that. Yeah. So that's my Yeah, opinion. and I think that's really smart of Roman because, you know, it's one of those things where it's like you can push and push and push, but you have to balance the risk versus the reward. And I think exactly. uh, this is great risk, little reward, whereas postponing is little risk, potentially great reward. But we don't right. know. We don't know how any of this is going to shake down. So everyone who's still making things happen and like pushing through and broadcasting and traveling and the people doing the essential work you know even the delivery people i see going through it's like those are the people who are really being strong during this and and folks who get to hang out at home like we get to just be here kind of doing our jobs doing that like i feel there's very little to complain about because uh i know how much harder it could potentially be so i'm just sitting in my house trying to make people smile and make some nice content until we know what's going on well i can definitely much say as someone who not not as as scrump your you know your friend who listens to all your shows, but as uh, Alberto, the consumer of all the the stuff you put out, that you're you're it's definitely helping. You know, you and Marty, whenever you guys put something out there, it's always just like ah okay. It, it's like just getting to sit with two friends in a room and just yeah. laugh for like an hour and a half, as opposed to everyone. You know, there's a lot of other shows out there who just. You know, they, they they bring up a lot of the negative stuff, but that that's you know the doom and gloom. Yeah, that's what every Marty listens to almost everything, and uh, I think one of the first weeks when we were all staying at home, we looked at each other and said, like, let's 
be the podcast that people don't have to worry about getting scared during. Like, let's be that podcast. We still got a complaint email that we dunk on WWE too much, but, you know, I try to handle that stuff as best as I can. And, like, I wrote this, like, pretty well thought out response of just like, hey, I'm, I want to be honest. I want to have fun. I hope I'm never like, you know, dunking on the talent and the people, but also like, I don't want to pretend that I'm having a great time if I have some thoughts on how something could be better. And I think I can do that constructively, but you know, there's always going to be people like, no matter what you do, you can't please everybody. So, uh, just out here trying to please the people that are pleased by me. (laughs) Well, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's like you said, you know, there's very constructive ways of criticizing things, and you're definitely not someone that I could ever see just going on Twitter and, like, at, you know, adding the wrestlers and telling them how much much you dislike what they're doing. I think it's very... Can you imagine how much that would mess with somebody if out of, like, all the people I just randomly added some indie wrestler to, like, I think you could do better, getting weak... (laughs) Especially now. It's like, what is she doing? She's You're a real stinker. Yes. I always think about that. Well, th- there was recently uh, Fat Joe. He, like, uh, quote tweeted some, like, uh, some Twitter wrestling personalities tweet with, it had no context. There was no context to whatever it was. That I think he mistakenly, like, re, you know, responded to him and he called him some names or something like that. And everyone was kind of just scratching their heads with, like, like what's going on here? You know, like what's going yeah. on with this? And I always wonder. Like, uh, there's always people, you know, who who oh, Will Osprey, you know, you suck. You could have done this better. Uh, in my in the back of my head, I'm like, what if Will Osprey just waits for that? You know, just waits, and then that person posts something that you know they can get made fun of, and he's just like, oh, hey, Jim from Alabama, this tweet really sucked. Everyone, let's all gang up on Jim from Alabama. You know, just out of left field. Yeah, because that and like things like where I see people do that occasionally where they'll just like grab some tweet that somebody with like seven followers said and then turn like a tide against them and I always feel like sure on paper like in the moment of like yeah look at all these people agree that that was a mean thing to say but on the other side like it's so rarely tweeted as mean as it comes across and then all of a sudden that person's getting bombarded and they don't understand why everyone's being mean to them and they feel a little vulnerable because the one thing that they like tried to kind of secretly say is now on blast. And I'm like, the best thing to do in those situations in my mind is to just put the phone down, close the laptop, do anything, but continue whatever like firestorm has started. Cause it'll go away in a day, you know, for the most part, the worst situations people get in are when they just keep digging a hole deeper and they clearly can't unfocus on what people are saying about them. Yeah. I've had for a while. Well, since the Royal rumble, actually my notifications, you know, Royal Rumble last year, actually, my notifications on Twitter have just been turned off because uh, I, uh, one of my friends, Kelsey, she she had posted a video of, like, she was sitting front row at the Royal Rumble, and they made some guy take off his, like, AEW shirt, and she sent me that video, and I, like, posted it, uh, like, on Twitter, I was just like, oh, man, like, this kind of sucks, and was yeah, just, like, I remember that. and was bombarded with, like, oh, fuck you, we, we hate you, you know, AEW's the worst, and I'm just like, I like all wrestling, you know, I'm like, I'm not, and they're like, no, you, you know, go die. But you love eight. And it's just like, whoa, come on guys. Like, let's, let's take this. We could use less of that. 
Yeah, so yeah. we can we can use less of that. Which hey, if you well, want. it's also like yeah, it doesn't feel if it doesn't feel good to be said, you know, like in um, just do your thing. <laughs> Marty yeah. and I are trying to whisper, communicate that he's going downstairs to get a package. <laughs> and, <laughs> no, that, that's fine. Well, we, 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 oh we, man! You know. But yeah, the point is just uh, if you don't have anything nice to say, it's probably better to just not say anything. All especially on social media, where somebody could, you know, if somebody's not having the best mental health day, and you really hit them with something, like yeah. it's going to bother them for years. And I can tell you, there are emails that have been sent to the podcast that I will never fucking forget and it's like bummer and they probably have no idea but it's like there's a person out there that's like hey boy you really hurt my feelings four years ago and I don't remember their name and I don't look into it anymore but I remember their words and it sticks with you and it's like you know think about that maybe if we're trying to spread joy in the world and already people are more scared than normal so you know a little bit of empathy goes a long way well very much similar to uh you know, like you mentioned, I like I've for, probably since like meeting you and just kind of like hearing that approach of, yeah, you know, if someone's just not being the nicest, it's best to just, you know, ignore it and listen to the nicest people. And like after I did the whole penis druid thing, um, there's like one specific guy who was just like, you ruined wrestling for me. And Jim Cornette. Wow, the power. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you. I've been watching for 40 years and you ruined it for me. And it's just like, listen, bud. That seems like it's on him. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, like this very That's much. Personal, like yep. this very much seems like something you should talk with like a therapist about because mm-hmm. if uh you know if twelve people coming out in inflatable penis costumes is ruined, you know your a life. A forty year love. A forty year <laughs> love, like buddy. I well, and and also on the flip side, someone like that that gets so bothered, clearly they're not the best judge of anything. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? So to take their comments personally. Yeah, yeah, I think I wrote in a journal a long time ago, like, why take their words to heart? Where I think if you listen too much to the super nice people or too much to the super mean people, you're going to lose perspective on what you do and who you are, which is like, it's wonderful to hear nice things that people say. And I appreciate it and I love it. But at the end of the day, I want to continue to be my own, like, sort of harshest judge because I know that I know how to do it well for myself. And if I'm getting a little weak minded or if I'm wasting too much time, like I'm the person who determines my next move and I don't owe it to anybody on Twitter, anybody that I've met, any wrestler that I really like respect at the end of the day, I want to respect myself and the things that I do. So that's kind of how I approach social media and pretty much everything else. That's a good approach to take. Yeah, and see this, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is why uh, we spend our weekly forty-five minutes on the PWT cast <laughs> praising Sarah one Price. Sarah Joyce Shockey. Uh, Sarah, where can people find you online? Oh, I'm online all the time at Sarah Joyce Shockey on Twitter at Marty Sarah Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you have ideas for Patreon content uh, at Patreon or Patreon Buddy at Gmail dot com. Uh, Marty runs the Marty and Sarah love wrestling at Gmail email, which you are also welcome to get to. We live together. We communicate very frequently. <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> and it's crazy to think now that Marty and Sarah, you know, Marty Sarah pod has been running for as long as it has because, you four, know, three years. Yeah. Like I, I mentioned, I, I specifically remember Marty telling me, he's like, yeah, me and my friend were going to start doing wrestling without depression. 
He said my friend back then. That's so nice. That would have flattered me so much. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, yeah. I'm like, that That makes sense because, you know, like it, it's Mar- when Marty had wrestling with depression, I would listen to it all the time, and occasionally he would have, like, wrestlers on there, but there wasn't that much. For someone, for someone who, if any of you know, you know, Marty DeRosa, man, eat, breathe, and sleeps uh, professional wrestling, so it was very weird that, like, he had his own podcast and hardly, if ever, talked about wrestling, you know? It was more so about mental health and stuff, and it, it made all the sense in the world when he was like, yeah, I'm going to start my own wrestling podcast, and then for that person to be you, it's like... You know, it's like uh, it's, it worked out so well. It's like in they, every way. It's like when they combine chocolate and peanut butter. You know, <laughs> it, it, it perfectly went together. Um, it really did, and we're almost to our 200th episode. So uh, it's it's really cool every time we hit one of those milestones to just kind of take stock of like how many buddies have been on the show, how much we've talked, how many people we've met along the way. I mean, I really became friends with you and both of you through wrestling, podcasting, and pro wrestling tees, and everything just is in one big vortex of like friendly people who are who are doing their best. I specifically, I specifically remember. We went to watch. It was it was a Ring of Honor pay per view, um, and I, I promise this, this will be the last story. And then we'll we all get to Marty because we've probably said it on much like with every podcast. This is, this is the fifth. Post. This is the fifth time we've said you know. And with this, we'll wrap up. But I remember uh, Marty invited me over to his house. It was uh, you were there. Jimmy Lee was there. I think Sam Ash Sam Ash McHale was there as well. Uh, it was like now, Mount Rushmore of Chicago wrestling fandom. Exactly. Uh, and it was like a Ring of Honor show. And um, Marty's like, yeah, if you want to come by. And it was his older, it was old apartment too, the one over on uh, Damon when he was mm-hmm. still there. And he's like, Sarah's there. And I was like, oh, I was like, I'm going to bring a pro wrestling t-shirt to Sarah. Cause then maybe, you know, I'm like, maybe she'll like me. Maybe she'll want to be my friend. If I bring you a pro wrestling t-shirt. I think I already liked you before I ever saw you because Marty liked you. Which always warms my heart. Like I, you know, it's, <laughs> I think I've, I've, I think I told you before where, uh, there was one time where Marty had told me, he was like, if, uh, you know, I don't do wrestling with depression anymore, but if I did, you'd, you know, you'd be the first person I'd ask to, to come on and, unfortunately before all this we were supposed to sit down and record an episode of wrestling with depression but i remember like telling you i was like marty saying that to me that was my wrestlemania moment yeah and hey maybe if you wanted to not do it in person maybe you can do it not in person you can ask him about it when he comes on the show he's in the other room <laughs> yeah well, well speaking of marty uh let's get to it you know we we mentioned marty and sarah love wrestling which if you listen if you listen to the show you know, again, we we talk about Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling all yeah. the time, uh, but one of the uh, the other hosts of uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling is the aforementioned Marty DeRosa. All right, first of all, thanks for having me on, and second of all, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the Skype setup I have on my bed, it's Marty DeRosa. All right, all right. <laughs> All right. All right. What an intro. What an intro. That's pretty good to have a, a hype person like that to get you ready to feel like the time to podcast. There you go. Well, it's good as ever. Like, I mean, when, you know, when, when we came up with uh, the concept, we're like, oh, we want to do this podcast. Sarah was the first person I approached to do our intro, mainly because she did yours. And uh, 
Yeah, I think she's also done a Jimmy Jacobs intro as yep. well. And, you know, it's, it's much like Kevin Aldridge. When you need someone to do yes. you know, something wrestling podcast related for you, there's two people you got to reach out to. Sarah Joy, stealing Sarah. all my people. Yeah, well, it's, you know, you Coaching got, them. <laughs> yeah, you guys have built this network of people that are just like, oh, you're, you're friends with Marty and Sarah? What can I do to help you? Yeah, it's very nice. Uh, so, Marty, we, we were talking to Sarah. How, uh, you know, about how just this uh this whole lockdown pandemic you know how we've just been dealing with staying at home um yes i understand you've got a nintendo switch i imagine that's how you've been spending most of your time yes i feel uh i feel every time i do it i feel guilty because sarah is still uh working from home and i have had all my stand-up gigs canceled there's no commercials to audition for there's nothing for me to do uh, so I'm playing the switch a lot and I'll just kind of be like, Oh, sorry. I just, uh, I'm going to play this today. She's always like, that's no problem. Do whatever you want. Uh, but I still feel guilty, uh, yeah. playing switch all day, but I don't play all day. I watch a lot of, uh, wrestling and YouTube as well. I'm very, very, uh, I, I keep a balance. How's that been <laughs> not being able to perform? Because for those of you unaware, Marty DeRosa, you know, top com- top comedian in chicago i you know if it's up to me best comedian in the world uh you know only second to george carlin um sure but yeah you know you you would perform you know you would perform regularly uh yeah almost every night almost every night so how's how's it been adjusting to that and at any point have you considered just rounding up your neighbors and performing for them uh it sucks real bad but i'm not at that point where i want to like do i don't know like shows for two people or whatever i don't know it's it's one of those things where i've always wanted a little break but you really can't take one uh so this has kind of been like a uh you know not even self-imposed world imposed uh break so it's kind of i always kind of wondered and i'm sure you know wrestlers or other type of artists wonder like what would it be like if i didn't do this anymore and uh now i got to find out and now i'm like oh yeah i i i need to do stand-up this is this is driving me crazy have you felt the same way about uh, commentating? Because, um, you know, along with the, you know, podcasting, comedy, you know, the commercials that you do, you also do um, commentary for, I know, AAW over here in Chicago. And, like, what's that, you know, so we asked her, what's it been like for you having to miss out on, like, going to live wrestling shows? Because watching, you know, we can all watch reruns of older shows that we've had, you know, yeah. Those, so many streaming services and other ways you can catch those but being at a wrestling show specifically it's it's always different you know i know you always mention yeah, when, special. when you walk into you know the, oh yeah you know, the venue and you see the you ring see that ring time. yeah yeah it's it's one of those things too where and i'm sure everybody's you know events they were supposed to go to or whatever so for me it was you know i was going to call a couple shows wrestlemania weekend we were going to do a five dollar wrestling show where the uh the soup stars of five dollar wrestling we're going to take on some uh big names in indie wrestling and that was going to be super cool so i wasn't able to do that or uh uh every year excalibur and i call the uh the high spots uh the super show and we weren't able to do that so there's just little things like that uh and then you know uh aaw is always fun it's a it's such a cool when i have like a good comedy show on like a friday and then aaw on a saturday those are like my favorite weekends uh so i definitely miss miss those too but um you know, I'm still getting my wrestling fix. I'm watching just an obscene amount of wrestling and listening to podcasts and stuff. So I'm still finding ways to keep myself busy. I've I've mentioned and I keep mentioning how I've personally felt WrestleMania with WrestleMania, you know, with everything going on, they should have just kind of been like, Hey, like is everyone just cool if we just put a pause yeah, on everything? 
You know, yeah. mm-hmm. we'll, we'll run two, three months worth of shows that are canon, but like not really canon. And then once yeah. everything's back to normal, we'll just pick back, you know, right back up where we left. Um, you know, what do, how do you feel that this whole situation should have been approached? Uh, I mean, I'm going to watch cause it's going to be very weird. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be the weirdest mania of all. Um, I, you know, obviously it probably would have been cooler if they just took some time and thought about it. Um, the empty arena matches, like I I've watched, obviously that first ever loved that first AEW episode where they had the wrestlers at ringside. Uh, it was, it was less fun this past, uh, week without the wrestlers and just kind of cutting back to the trailer, whatever they were all in or that dressing room. I just think, uh, as far as mania goes, yeah, I wouldn't have minded if they did it in, you know, May or June or whatever they were talking about. And, uh, having it in a, you know, being one of the first big events now that, you know, when everything gets back to normal. Um, but I think that, you know, it's, it's going to be weird. And if they are just like, you know what, we don't stop for anybody. Uh, this is an interesting time. If you're like a a weirdo, like Vince, who doesn't quite understand the, the real world, you just are in your bubble and everyone always tells you, you know, what you want to hear. This is so it's like, there's going to be calls that he makes and it's just like, yep, no one was going to talk about that. And mania is at the top of the list. Now I, I, I've not brought this up with you, Dave, because I wanted to bring it up right now when we had, we were talking with Marty. Um, so they've been doing everything out of the performance center, which is essentially, you know, maybe five, 10 minutes away from full sale. Yes. Right. Now me and Ryan, uh, Ryan Barkin, uh, we've been taught, we, we were talking about this yesterday where they have all that green screen stuff down at full sale. Why don't, mm-hmm. why don't they just put it around the ring and then just superimpose that ring at like past WrestleManias? Because then that way you can get, you know, you get a fan reaction. You, you know, you can be like Undertaker versus AJ Styles. It's happening here, you know, live at Caesars Palace or, yeah, you know, John Cena and Bray Wyatt. You have it going on, you know, right here at the Rosemont Horizon. Like, yeah, like, I mean, if you've ever seen the, uh, like they called it the, uh, the, the pink room of doom, the AWA did some empty arena stuff back in the day. And they actually had uh, a green screen like that, that they, at certain points, like when the guys were coming down the aisleway, they had fans on each side and they were acting like playing to the the fans, but it was, they were, it was like gigantic. And then they, they filmed a bunch of just uh, like raw footage, like reaction shots at like a sports bar that I think if I recall correctly, there was like Foxy boxing going on or something. And they were just getting the crowd reaction and uh, they would cut to that. So a guy would do like his big finisher and they would show these people at like a, like a Hooters going like, Oh, my, my guy lost. And it was, it was very weird. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. Oh, go ahead, Dave. But it, it's, I don't know without the crowd. And like, I think Jerry Lawler said something recently. Like he said, I wouldn't mind if they piped in fake crowd mm-hmm. noise, but yeah, it's just, he'd said that. It's there's like a disconnect. It's so weird. I don't know. A green screen would be interesting, but like they'd they'd almost have to play it for a joke. A you green know what I mean? screen, or, or what we talked about on the podcast, was having you know little windows all over the screen of people uh, that were you know reacting. But obviously, it's like you have to have like you know vetted WWE fans. You don't want somebody like you know getting real wild on those live yeah you can't have someone that. flashing their wiener yeah yeah and you can't have the um the delay also so it's like it's not like you could do skype and have a wrestling match and then there's that you know three second delay yeah there's uh, a body slam and then three yeah. seconds later yeah. so that drives me crazy when i watch like we got the uh the sling and sometimes sling is off a little bit 
and you know when they're doing the count, the three counts, that's when you see it the most or whatever. Uh, yeah. And that, that crazy. Uh, so Marty, one of uh, among the many podcasts that you've done, one of my favorite was that you used to do uh, <laughs> is that's what they want you to think with uh, friend of the show <laughs> Dan Friesen. Uh, yes. And I know very early on before everything kind of got as serious as it did, Chris Jericho, I don't know if you listened to his coronavirus uh, episode where he had these uh, conspiracy theorists. Yeah. Quotes that I want to put on. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, you know, he had them on and it was kind of just like going back to look at that. It's like that probably wasn't the the best episode to put out. But uh, <laughs> have there been any like fun, consp- like new conspiracy theories that you've? Because I I know you're someone who will get on YouTube and just go down this rabbit. Well, road. I used to do that. I don't really do that anymore. I think after I don't know after like the 2016 election, conspiracy theories kind of got not fun anymore. They got real political, and uh, they used to just be kind of like you know like hey, there's this this spooky thing happens in this town or. Or you know, see you know an Illuminati or something like that. I could I could sink my teeth into those, but it got it got too a little too real and a little too political. Um, I mean, I listened to you mentioned Dan, who I used to do. That's what they want you to think with, uh, and he has his podcast Knowledge Fight, which basically just documents the the ramblings of Alex Jones. So I listen to that. It's a lot of like um, you know Obama made this and sold it to China. Um, it's the, the Illuminati or like the new world orders way of, of, uh, eliminating old people from the population. It's a Bill Gates, Bill Gates is, is, uh, in charge of all this. And they're going to use it to get people to get these secret implants put in, uh, that'll cure the Corona, but we'll have to have these implants in and stuff like that. Like the good stuff and the kind of like, oh, what's the government going to do now kind of thing, which are still classic conspiracy theories. I could still get into those. Yeah. I think it's always like it's fun diving into those specifically because there's a lot of that's ridiculous. That would never happen. But then you sit down and you kind of like, like operation paperclip and things like that, where you're like, well, that also, it also would have been strange to, to think that like, Hey, we're, we're taking all the good Nazis. And by good, we mean like the ones we can use. And then all the other ones, it's just like, "Mm." One one conspiracy theory that I like is that the government had to have us all inside so they could change the batteries on the birds because birds aren't real. I like that. That's one that I've seen float around. Uh, I don't know, Dave, I don't know if you've seen that one that everyone's like, there's no baby pigeons and that pigeons are the way that they spy on all of us. That's why there's so many of them. They had to change the batteries. I mean, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Another thing that is, that's fun. And I don't know, I don't know if either of you guys Sometimes I'll watch a little too much news and then you get a little like, uh, like one night Sarah, Sarah was out and I was just watching uh, some of the like YouTube news shows I watch. And it was like, oh, God, that's a little uh, I didn't like some of the stuff I heard. Um, But if you watch like meme compilations, these like high school kids have such a fun perspective on everything. And uh, especially when it was first getting started, like it would show like memes of. Like, oh, the coronavirus is like, you know, starting to really become a thing. And then it was like the next panel was like boomers and it was the uh, around the world like Daft Punk. Like they're going to go <laughs> traveling like all these people that were just like, yeah, well, I don't care. I have to go to Africa because I was going to go to Africa for a vacation before this. So I'm just going. And I thought that was kind of a fun like it's it's I, I figured out ways to kind of like lighten the mood when things are getting a little too serious. Yeah, it seems like to me like conspiracy theories now 
have almost like a sinister like bent to them. Like yeah, they're you know, too like, oh, like creepy and political. Eating, and yeah, they're eating babies and pituitary yeah, glands. Exactly. I was like, oh, I don't want to hear any of that. Yeah, or then you'll get like to the end and they're like, "Cause of the Jews," and you're like, "Oh, you just don't like yeah. Jewish people. You're using this." Yeah. This old, you know, sort of way to get conspiracy theories out or whatever. Um, yeah, I don't, you know, I just, I kind of, like I said, I kind of fell out of love with conspiracy theories in uh, uh, around the 2016 election. Yeah, they don't make them like they used to. No, they really don't. One of the Alyssa Lamb, the good old days. You there know, you go. Scrum. I was literally about to bring that up. Yeah, that uh, the other day when Dave and I we recorded with uh, Matt Nix, mm-hmm. I probably went on a 45 minute rant just about Alyssa <laughs> lamb by itself because yeah you, you, that the that episode that listen if any of you you know uh want to you know find dan's uh dan friesen's podcast um knowledge fight if you you're one of their patreon members you can go back and listen to past episodes of that's what they want if that's what they want you to think it is it is worth you know the the patreon subscription itself to listen to that Alyssa lamb episode because after that episode came out i had such a hard time getting on elevators uh, <laughs> it's a, yeah a little backup story there's there's a, a a woman from canada uh Alyssa lamb who went missing she went to la kind of abruptly uh some thought it was for something to do with the fashion industry and there's footage of her at her hotel uh, in the elevator and you see her, she's kind of like, they're not sure if she was on drugs or if she was having some type of like manic episode or whatever. Uh, and then months later, uh, people who lived in the building uh, or were staying for an extended amount of time were saying that the water was weird. And they found her naked and dead in the water tower, which she should have had no access to. So it's real cool, the conspiracy theories with that one, because it's like real yeah. dark and that's like. That's one of those things. And they had like made a movie called was it Dark Waters that was like out before this happened. It was just real weird. And even then yeah. that movie was a remake of like an older Japanese movie that Yeah, came out. yeah. It was just like a whole bunch of weird stuff. Ten years. But the thing with conspiracy theories is you never get answers. Like right. if I could get an answer every once in a while, they could be like, Hey, remember that Alyssa Lamb? Like we figured out what happened or something like that. Then it would give me a little like, okay, I'm I'm back it's in this. Yeah. yeah, there's just none of that. So it kind of it kind of bummed me out a little bit. Well, one thing that's kind of bummed me out, and I know you're someone who uh, would frequent would go to the movies a lot, and I know yes. you know myself too, because a lot of people, you know, are just like, Oh, well, you can just download this on on this or watch it online. But I think the experience of actually going to the movies, you know, it's just it's it, it's fun. Um, do you think uh, it, it probably it goes for both of you guys? Because I know Dave, you you know you're also a movie goer. But like, how do we approach that once all this is over? Because like I think I think the movie industry is definitely going to be one to take a hit. Because like even if they're like, hey, everything's okay, I think we're all still going to be conditioned to like, well, we got to be six feet apart. We all can't you know be near each other. And I know some of those like nicer theaters have like the the seats that already are like five, six feet apart. But I don't know. I mean, do, do you guys think it's just be like movies from now on? It's just going to be everything VOD all the time. I mean, they'll definitely have data like, cause they put out uh, the movies that were in the theater. Most of yeah. them, they put them out on demand for like 20 bucks a pop. So I think that's going to be, if all of a sudden it's like, well, this is, I, you know, I think maybe movies will be in the theater for like, 
a couple weeks and then we'll Shorter get them real times. quick on demand. Yeah. And I mean, I know most of the time if I go to a movie, I go if I really want to see it. If it's a movie coming out and it's like, oh, man, I got to see this new, uh, you know, uh, Avengers movie or something like that. That would have a big like demand. You don't want to get it spoiled unless I go on like a midnight show. I'm usually excited. You know, I don't work during the days. I'll go on like a Thursday or Friday afternoon or early morning. I'll go to like a 10 a.m. movie or something like that. Those are usually pretty dead anyway. But I do wonder, like you said, if people are like going to be dying to go to the movies again or kind of just like, yeah, I don't really need to sit next to a stranger for three hours if we're if some people are going to be a little, uh, you know, sort of uh, carry this with them once everything is like, quote unquote, back to normal. Because, I mean, yeah, go ahead, Dave. well, like I think. One, this is a good test of seeing how viable video on demand for like new releases. I mean, Netflix does really great with it, right? And so I think it's great. I think if they want to get people back in the movie theaters, you got to cut the ticket prices like drastically. Oh, for and sure. Get, you can watch it in your home for 20 bucks, or you could watch it in the theater for five and then, you know, make it up in concessions or whatever. Yeah, the but, movie theaters uh, are kind of like the airports where it's like before yeah. this, it was like, it's this much money and you want to bring an extra bag. It's this much. And you want this, it's this much. It's the same thing with the movie theaters where if it's, if, if people just don't come back, they could be like, Hey, maybe popcorn isn't a hundred dollars now. And tickets aren't, you know, $15 for a matinee. It's like, it would be interesting to see, yeah, uh, I think that's you know, the you're if they're able to change I like, I wonder, at least immediately. I wonder if that'll affect wrestling shows too. Cause you, we mentioned like the first wrestling show, um, you know, where all this happens, it's going to be, everyone's going to be electric. And even if it's not the best show, quote unquote, like it'll still oh, yeah. be the best show because everyone will be so excited and just all fired up. But, Oh yeah. This will be like Epic when the rock was cut in the promo first promo on SmackDown after nine 11, like that first big one. Uh, and, and I think there will be, uh, especially I think with the younger, the audience, you know, it's going to be jam packed, whether it's, you know, your first Lollapalooza or your first concert or your first, you know, wrestling event or, or sports, you know, whatever, whatever sport is going on at the time where people are going to come out and, you know, do that. Like, it's, it's my duty as an American to go to this thing or whatever. And, and I think people are dying to go out to bars again and just sort of get that part of their life back in order. But there will still be I mean, this is going to, you know, I don't know about breaking some people's brains, but. There'll definitely be people and whether it'll take a little while to get back to like, hey, man, you're like you're very close to me right now. Like I was walking around earlier today and I was like, man, everybody's just walking so close to each other. And then there's that. You wonder if that'll stick around when this is all over. Yeah, I went to Walmart yesterday and there was like signs on the floor like stand here and that person stands there when waiting in line. Oh, yeah, yeah. Apparently I was the only one who could read because everyone else was just. Yeah. uh, Mine, you know, as if nothing was going on, like I, I kind of felt like the the crazy person wearing gloves, and I'm just looking around, and everyone was just, you know, acting acting like it was all fine. Uh, but Marty, uh, thank you for being with us. Like I like I mentioned, I know. Hey, my pleasure. I, I know we've you know we've all been stuck in indoors. Uh, I mentioned to Sarah, I'm like, look, I have the wrestling over here in my living room basically yeah. it is now that i'm living here at the pro wrestling tea warehouse it's very weird like i um you had a bit on uh your your comedy album where 
you uh you talked about like on you were on a first date with the girl and you went over to her house and she was like oh you, sh- you should just leave and how you were like i could have been a murderer and i could have killed you. <laughs> i mean it's funnier than that don't make me sound like a lunatic yeah it's, it's within you know out of context it's, it's sounds, more gentle than that yes 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 more gentle. that's what i meant but yes I, more gentle. and i've talked about this with stank like i can't imagine the first time i bring a girl over here where i'm gonna be like yeah i'm gonna be like oh i'm like hey do you want to you want to go to my place? Be like, oh, where's that? Yeah. At, at you see those warehouses all the way at the end of that empty street, the dead end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah Is that that scene in uh, Goodfellas when uh, Karen uh, Ray Liotta's wife yeah. when he's like De Niro's like, hey, come on, come on down here, I gotta show you something, and she's like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, he's like, I gotta show like, you no. something. No, no, go down there. Just yeah, yeah, that's gonna be Trump bringing a girl home. No, no, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah, that's always going to be, especially where it's like, oh, be like, <laughs> like, oh, be like, what's that throne sitting over there? You know, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> Never mind. I'll, I'll tell you later. Be like this wrestling ring. Yeah, I'll be like, oh, be like this wrestling ring. You mean my home gym? <laughs> uh, but Marty, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm at Marty DeRose on all the all the things, and then uh, Marty and Sarah Love Wrestling's the podcast. Awesome. I, I mentioned to Sarah, like your guys' podcast, such a you know, it's breath of fresh air when a lot of yeah. other wrestling podcasts are busy telling you about, you know, all the negative thing going on, things yeah. going on in the world. It's always nice to be able to listen to you guys and just drown all that out for about an hour, hour and a half. And, you know, listen to everyone from Gerbert to Nathan, <laughs> you know, all of our friends, all the buddies. Uh, but thank you, Marty, for joining us. And yeah, no problem. Hopefully once this is all over, uh, you know, before before all this happened, you you know you took me to the movies. You went and saw Jane and Silent Bob reboot. Um, oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, when this is all over, I can repay the favor and take you to a movie that I like. Yeah, the movie that you will like. <laughs> all right, but it doesn't make me angry. You know, every once in a while, I still think about how angry I was getting in that movie when Kevin Smith when when Silent uh, when Silent Bob was tapping his phone when he was doing the. The, he would I, I don't know if it'll pick up but he was when he was making his phone uh-huh. he was texting on his phone it's driving me crazy well, but hey yeah all, you know they not every movie's for they can't all be clerks right as i realized he was just uh, probably on this episode recently you're gonna have him back on yeah they can't all be mall rats what are you gonna I mean do? it's all right we reached out to him and he uh he liked the tweet and didn't respond so i don't think he will be on this episode but well, in that case, I hated that movie, and uh, but I'm glad we saw it. And we'll <laughs> go see a movie very soon. We will. Uh, thank you, Marty, and yeah, we'll hopefully see all each right, other when all this is over. All right, Marty, Sarah, take it easy, guys. Both of you guys, take all care. Right. All right, bye. Thank you again to Marty and Sarah for that. I uh, <laughs> I always I just I love talking. Well. Yeah, they're doing well. It was funny, but uh, prior to uh, like us recording, I mean, we we mentioned it on there where Sarah was like, "Marty needs to go out and get a, a remote for uh, for the switch." She's you know, and I'm like, "Yeah, of course. That that's definitely an essential." Like, yeah, you know, you can't be quarantined with with just one remote. Yeah, yeah. but you know, I I love talking to them. You know, it's Marty. I, I always get nervous when I talk with Marty, like because he's very much like. Um, very much one of like my mentors you know he's someone like i look up to yeah. and it's just crazy to me like we literally met because i was 
at and I, I, I'm pretty sure I got into it on. I mean, it's 34 episodes ago now, so I don't remember exactly what he and I talked about on that episode that we recorded. But, uh like we became friends literally just because i saw him at uh extreme rules and was just it's like ah can i have a picture you know because like i knew him from like doing stuff with cabana and just very cool like all these years later i'm like oh shit like well well, that experience for you is like every fan's dream right like you'll meet someone and you're like (laughs) in the back of the head we'll become friends they'll call me to come over and hang out and like that actually happens with you so yeah and you know like and, cool. he, and he talked about it um he, you know i tried to get kevin smith for this episode and didn't work out and it's determined. fine you know like should be determined he could be he could say yes still yeah but. he you know he might he might appear in a later episode but i was definitely like i'm gonna shoot my shot because like if there's one thing i've learned uh you know from kevin smith himself it's like you you don't get what you don't ask for you know like if you're not if you're not asking for something if you're not actively pursuing something you're never gonna get it you know yeah the squeaky wheel gets the grease exactly and whether you're told yes or no you know like nobody likes rejection clearly unless there's some sort of unless that's something you get off on which hey there's no kink shaming around here um but yeah, like if you don't pers- actively pursue something, you're never gonna get it. And right. that I actively pursued that interview, and you know what? I'm throwing it out into the universe. We will get Kevin Smith on this podcast again. Um, and yeah, I'm that's 100 percent pure PMA. PMA. Him and Joe yeah. Rogan. I mean, listen, Joe Rogan has nothing but time right now to to be doing yeah. interviews. Yeah, Joe Rogan. We'd love to have you. Yeah, right. Like in some of those, oh, some of those elk steaks that he's always cooking. Oh, that looks so yeah. Uh, but yeah. So again, thank you to Marty and Sarah. And uh, before we get into the question part of the the podcast, I know there was a, a special friend of the show that you wanted to shout out, Dave. Yeah, I got my friend uh, Chase Alexander. He, you know, we've been in some art groups together, and uh, big wrestling fan. And uh, he was actually doing stuff with Kevin Eastman of the Ninja Turtles. Um, he messaged me out of the blue and said, Hey, I'm doing some spring cleaning. And I came across a treasure trove of like attitude era posters. You know, a lot of them probably came out of like raw magazine and stuff like that. But like, he sent me like this comprehensive list of like pictures. He's like, have anything that you want. So, uh, I'm definitely going to be going through that tonight. And, you know, we need some decorations for that office. Cause we got to start shaping it up pretty soon. Well, I, I, uh, so. I, I told you, I mentioned this specifically. I'm like, look for some Eddie with a mullet because yeah, nothing, oh, for sure. nothing says attitude era, like Eddie Guerrero with that fucking mullet. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Thanks chase. We'll be looking at, we'll looking, we'll be looking through that list and, uh, you know, maybe we'll send you something nice for all the effort. Yeah. So. Right. Always, always appreciate anytime anyone wants to, you know, donate anything. Uh, We mentioned last week that uh, we had the employee fund for all the employees uh, that aren't working at Pro Wrestling Tees. And I mean, even myself included, I I know next week I'll be, you know, we'll be working some hours. Uh, Yeah. Not too sure uh, how many exactly, but uh, if you want to support, you know, us, um, you know, we, we have t-shirts, uh, forward slash PWT cast. 
uh, as well as uh, you know if if you ha- if you don't have the the means to uh, purchase a T-shirt, no worries. Uh, if you still you know if you have a few bucks that you want to donate anyways, you know go to, head over to the website and you can you know uh, contribute whatever you can to the to the employee fund. Yeah, we got a lot of good good people working here that uh, you know some of them can't do the stuff that you know me and Berter are doing because um, it requires them to be there. Uh, you know, during the quarantine stuff and we're just, we're trying to all be safe, but uh, yes, help support the company that has been covering your torsos in delicious shirts for years. So yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And someone, you know, someone who is a big supporter of ours specifically, uh, Jesse, you know, we've mentioned them. Yes. We've mentioned them so many times. Jesse Kohlberg, I believe, is how his last name is pronounced. Um, he's red fan of the week for us. He, so very early on, we we put it out there. We're like, hey, if any of you guys uh, purchase every one of the T-shirts that we sell, we will have you on, you know, on the yeah. podcast. Goddamn, Jesse, what did he do? He bought every. He single, done did it. Yeah, he bought every single shirt that we'd put out, and even after we were like, yeah, for sure, you're on. He still went and bought like I believe it was like the movie talk shirt that we had put out uh, after we'd already told him, yeah, you know. We're gonna have you on. He still went ahead and, and bought that one. And yeah, super, true friend of the show. Yes, true friend of the show. Super great guy. I ran into him briefly during C two E two weekend, but you know it was pretty busy with punks. We only talked for like a little bit, but you know, great guy. Like I, uh, we're, we're like I, I greeted him with like a giant hug because you know I everyone who supports us, whether it's just with like a retweet or, you know, purchasing some of our stuff, kind words. Yeah. We love you guys. And he's someone who's been supporting us for a long time. And last week we put it out there where we're like, Hey, this is going to be more of a at home episode where, well, you know, it's gonna be a little bit more loosey goosey, you know, as opposed to the normal way we, we do it. So we, we said, if you, you know, if anyone has any questions, you guys want to answer it, any comments, whatever, go ahead and send them over to us. And, and Jesse was the one who sent us he sent us a nice comprehensive list different questions yeah. too to, for the both of for the both of us which was a nice touch exactly i think the first one is the same um but the the next few ones you know we, we were just double checking making sure that it wasn't all the same questions and yeah some pretty we got some personalized ones we got some personalized ones which is pretty good uh so uh should i start or, or do you want to start or how do you want to yeah well yeah let, let's start with the the one that he asked both of us and then then you go and i'll go okay cool 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 um so you <laughs> should I read, I'll read it you read it okay sure yeah uh uh, he says, uh, how do you see Marvel introducing mutants into the MCU, and which mutants do you think will be introduced first? Um, personally, I think um, – I kind of think we're going to see like a soft introduction through WandaVision. Um, you know, in comics – uh, Scarlet Witch was the one that stopped mutants from being born, so I think it'd be a nice little reversal to have her somehow be responsible with like uh, bringing mutants. And also, I, I think I think we talked about this before. The, the multiverse of madness for Doctor Strange might be introducing different, you know, different multiverse aspects coming in. So maybe we get mutants that way. I don't know. I mean, what do you think? 
Um, so my two theories that have been kind of just rattling around in my mind for for the longest, not just specifically with this one, but just you yeah. know, whenever the the subject of how should they introduce the mutants comes up, I I have my my two go to answers. The first one being. Uh, WandaVision, you know, reverse House of M, basically. Yeah. You know, she introduces everyone, yeah. brings them in. Uh, because, you know, there there's nothing to say that there aren't already mutants there, you know? Yeah, I mean, just because we haven't seen them in the movies doesn't mean they don't exist. Exactly, you know? Like, you look at Captain Marvel, who right. had existed in the MCU for almost 30 years, you know? Technically, like, 30 yeah. years or something like that, and... We never heard, and like some people want to be like such continuity like sticklers. It's fine. I understand. Yeah. I get it. Kevin did not, you know. Kevin Feige did not anticipate, you know. All, and how could he? how could he anticipate thirty something movies? You know, down the line. So it's fine if they have to kind of you know fudge the continuity a little bit. It, it's it's okay. I I forgive them. But uh, the second one. I think that we might I, I don't think the multiverse of madness will introduce them just because like there's already so much going on with that that yeah I feel like it might be overkill. So uh I think we might get a glimpse of them or at least see like the the X gene being introduced uh via the Eternals. And uh, yeah. specifically more so because over the weekend the hot rumor was uh, that Namor was going to be introduced, that they were going to introduce him and they would show you the fall of Atlantis because this movie spans over thousands of years. Yeah. Um, and for those of you who know of Namor, he is the first mutant. The first mutant, yeah. The first mutant. So I, I definitely think Eternals slash WandaVision will be the way that we were introduced to them. Um, and as far as who, like, the char- the first, you know, mutants that we focus on should be, uh, I want to, I'll just, I kind of left field, um, have it be the new mutants. You know, that movie's still coming out. I definitely think there's a yeah. way to, to retcon that into the MCU. And I think, like, if those are the first kind of characters we're introduced to, that'll you know that'll be fun because obviously you have your your you know wolverines or like it would be kind of weird to just introduce like some people were like oh you can introduce storm and black panther too and it's like yeah sure but like you know like the character well and that's the other thing not all the black characters have to be in the same thing (laughs) you know what i mean Well, like all because well like in the comics she's married to black panther uh yeah eventually yeah yeah it's like eventually it's like she can be her own character at first yeah. you know um but i don't know who who do you who would you like to see kind of be like the the character or characters that are i i mean when people think of the mutants instantly they think of like the x-men so i, I think if you want to satisfy like a lot of the the diehards you probably gotta establish magneto and xavier in some way um and of course, like if you're if you're Marvel and Disney, you're going to want to get Wolverine started as soon as you can, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's the beauty of Wolverine. Even in the comics, is you can do Wolverine by himself. You can do Wolverine as part of the X Men. You could do Wolverine as part of X Force. Uh, you can even do Wolverine as an Avenger. He was an Avenger for some time, so um, you know he's he's a very versatile character and. 
you know, at first I hated that Hugh Jackman was Wolverine, but he ended up being pretty good. So it'll be, uh, it'll be kind of cool to see what they come up with next for him. But I, I definitely think Magneto, uh, Xavier and Wolverine have got to be some of the first outside of the new mutants. But, uh, like when we were thinking like classic X-Men, that's what I think they'll focus on. I just want to see X-Men, you know, it's like whatever. Yeah, they do, I want to see Marvel's X-Men. Yeah. It's like whatever you do, do it. It's fine. Like people will yeah. complain no matter what. Just give us some X-Men. I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see what a friend of the show, Kelsey thinks because she is a huge X-Men fan. So I'm I'm probably after this I'm probably gonna text her and actually Kelsey when you when you listen to this text me and we can talk uh, X Men um, yeah but let's uh, I'll go ahead and because he gave us you know different question number twos yeah. so I'll go to you know my question that he asked posed for me and I mean same thing goes for you obviously uh, what is yeah. your favorite Eddie Guerrero match that you can recall uh, I. I was thinking about this for a while, like since I read it, because there's a lot of Eddie matches that I really enjoy. You know, like the one that sticks out to me for nostalgic purposes is uh, Eddie versus Ray at WrestleMania 21, because that that was literally the first WrestleMania that I saw. So that was the first WrestleMania match that I ever saw. Yeah. You know, because they opened up that uh, WrestleMania 21. Um, and like it's nothing, It's they've had better matches. And it's not like the best one they had, but to me, it's like, whoa, that was the first WrestleMania match I ever got to see. Uh, obviously, his match with Brock Lesnar, where he won the title, is it's you know it's a huge one because yeah. the holy shit, you know, like the the electricity, what a great crowd, moment. yeah, and it was like yeah. in Los Angeles, I believe, uh, or the, it was in California, you know, where they have like a giant population of like hispanic crowd so it was just, just very cool uh he had a like a no dq match with edge on smackdown that was really fucking good uh but if i had to pinpoint one it's it's got to be him versus Rey mysterio at halloween havoc like oh you know that's that's always my go-to eddie match like that's a match that you can throw on and i'll just like man this guy is so fucking good. Like both those yeah, guys are so good. WCW cruiserweight Eddie Guerrero was like oof, perfection. Rey Mysterio too, you know, like yeah. And now that style is more of like a, a common style that people are, you know, they're used to. But back then, back then, back then that yeah. was so innovative and like it still holds up. You know, that yeah. match still holds up to this day. And yeah, that's that's my favorite Eddie match. What about you? I mean, for if we're talking like sentimental reasons, I like uh, Eddie versus Brock when he wins the title. Um, just like you know, if you if you watched Eddie Guerrero, you knew how good he was, um, and then you also kind of knew if you followed you know quote unquote dirt sheets or just behind the scenes stuff, you know how many demons he was battling for a long time, and just, so just to see him, and you know, and there was a time where that was like peak big guy. Um, you know, you, you would have like your Kevin Nash's or like, you know, Brock Lesnar, who, who's bigger than Brock Lesnar almost, you know. And so there was always that thought that he was too small. You know, there's that famous uh, reference to the, all those cruiserweight type wrestlers as vanilla midgets. And just to see him kind of rebuff that was great. So for sentimental reasons that um, for entertainment reasons, I always thought when he was uh, he was going against Chavo. 
and, and you know he there was Pepe the the mm-hmm. <laughs> to me that was like the best and it was a great way to showcase Chavo and kind of give him a little bit of the rub too. Dude, there's so many um, of those vignettes. Yeah. Uh, so, and then, you know, you got the Eddie Guerrero is my favorite wrestler shirt <laughs> from all that stuff. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, if I had to say it'd probably be the Brock Lesnar championship match. How crazy is it that he literally had a match with Rey Mysterio for custody of his child? Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that, that's, yeah, just, that child is, you know, he wants to be a wrestler. So he looks like a little Walter. Dominic Mysterio. A little, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> he looks like Tiny Walter, which led yeah. to, I remember everyone was like talking about it, and then Walter wound up hitting like a 619 in a match. And I yeah. Love How cool. I, I love when that, the internet brings things to life. That man can do no wrong, by the way. Uh, what about you? What was the, the, the question number oh. two that he posed for you? So he gave me, was art or drawing always a passion to you, or did you have another thing you wanted to do when you grew up? So... My job now is kind of a combination of both things that I wanted to do. Um, my dad was a good artist. Uh, my grandpa actually graduated from the Art Institute of Chicago. And so like when I was younger, um, I would see all this stuff that he used to do. Like he did like cartoons for the army. And like he also, you know, sadly, he did a lot of like racist caricatures back in the day. <laughs> Because that was just, you know, that was just the time. Not excusing any racism at all, but what, like, was this I would your, look at. Was this your German grandfather uh, or your Korean grandfather? Yeah, no, my German grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there'd be like these real stereotypical depictions of African Americans. And it's just like, if you saw it now, you'd be like, oh, what the hell is this? But like back then, to, to a lot of people, you know, how, how times have changed and for the better. So, plus, they, but, they, they don't compare it to your racist caricatures. No, the, my 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 racism characters are top notch. Top notch. No, but no, he was a great artist, and so like I would spend you know every Saturday I'd go to his house, and then I would uh, I would spend my whole Saturday trying to impress him with my art. Like I would draw comic book covers from like a Batman cover, and then he would he would just tape them to his wall, and my wall his wall was covered with like lined notebook paper with like. Some really subpar pictures of Batman and Superman and uh, anthropomorphic uh, boogers. <laughs> People like I would draw. I would draw farts somehow, and he would love it. And so he he would encourage me with that. So I I was always drawing when I was a kid, but I always told people that I wanted to be a pro wrestler when I was younger because I was so into it. Um, so that never happened, but. I'm able to take my art and work with pro wrestlers so that, you know, I'm, I'm about as close as I can get to that without being it. And so through, through this whole job, I've gotten to meet some of the most wonderful people. I've gotten to talk to people that I idolized on my screen when I was a little kid in the eighties. Um, and yeah, work for pro wrestling teas has been like one of the coolest things ever. So, uh, pretty much I'd say dream come true, you know, definitely sounds like the boyhood dream has come true. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so he, uh, he, you know, throwing it back to me, uh, I don't know if you'll be able to answer this one just because, uh, you know, you, you're usually there until about five thirty six, unless we have to like record. Um, yeah. Jesse asks, what are late, late nights at PWT? Like that he, he's always like when you had the water issue or during the black Friday sales, uh, knife throwing notwithstanding, uh, for those, for context for that, 
we had a flood a while back where the entire place got flooded and there was no stopping it. So Frank and I were here with Ryan till about three in the morning, till about three in the morning. And then Ryan just stood here the rest of the night till the plumber could come back in the morning with a solution to how to fix the, the flooding because we, you know, we didn't want the whole store to, to drown basically. Uh, yeah. but when we were doing that, we, uh, Ryan, Ryan was like, Hey, you guys, uh, you guys want to throw knives? Which of course we're like, yeah, of course. Yes, let's, of fucking, course. let's throw knives. And, uh, yeah, me, Frank and Ryan just sat there throwing knives. Um, but our late nights, I mean, typically the late, late nights are post like our 4th of July sale and, uh, yeah, sales and black Friday, black Friday, obviously being the longest one that we have just because it's typically our biggest sale. Um, and with those, it just, it, it depends, you know, like the, we have the luxury of, because we all work, you know, it's one, two, three, four, five, it's six printers. Yeah. Six people printing, uh, and on 12 different machines and then you know so it's those guys and then delgado and then four people in the shipping department you have matt nix and then myself and then frank you know so we have the luxury of we spend so much time together that we're like family you know we're all like brothers frank being the you know the older brother who fucking tells us what to do it sets us straight uh and so because we're all like so close it's uh, we can all stand each other's craziness. Like sometimes people come in in like a shitty mood and, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well, don't talk to, to Paul today or, oh, great, fucking, uh, you know, Zisselman's in a mood. Uh, but for the most part, you know, we all get along and it's just, it's a lot of, you'll see the, we all get a little stir crazy after a while. You know, it's a lot of just, uh, what kind of, you know, like with, uh, with, Jeremy, one of the, the the head printer, you know, he'll he'll be saying something, and then uh, Frank will come out of come out of his office and be like, "Yeah, right, Jeremy," and then it'll lead to Nick, "Yeah, right, Jeremy," and then we'll all just kind of follow in suit, or you know, we'll find someone and be like, "Oh yeah, John, you know, Delgado, fucking yeah, you said this thing." It's a lot of it feels a lot like summer camp, you know, yeah, like a late night at summer camp. Where we're all just we're all giving each other shit, but. It's like the meaner the thing that you say, it's like the more that you love each other, you know? Because, again, there's nothing... You wouldn't feel comfortable saying that to someone you didn't love. Not at all. No, like the way yeah. we the way we speak to each other, like uh, <laughs> there's been times where uh, Gail, Ryan's mom, who's our HR, or she'll be like, oh, man, are you like you going to let that person say that to you? And I'll be like, are you going to let that person say that to me? Like, you're fucking HR. And she's like, ah, you're fine. Yeah. You know, but again, it's because we're all like a close family and it's all, it's all in good fun. You know, like yeah. we all get along and it's crazy. I, I don't think I've ever been to a job where that many people you can get do along. that. Not only that, but like yeah. where that many people get along with each other because yeah. like, you know, I've had jobs where it's like, oh, here comes fucking, here comes Roxanne and oh, and it's like, oh, hey, what's up? Or you just straight up ignore people and here, like, yeah. I think it's safe to say I get along with everybody, you know, like, yeah. And I don't know if it's mostly because it's my job as like Frank's the right hand man to, you know, to, hey, if there's an issue, go to Frank and be like, hey, here's this issue. We got to kind of correct it. Um, yeah, I don't know. For as antisocial as I am, I'm pretty sociable at work. Yeah, I think that I think that's the one thing that a lot of people 
that get to that aren't part of pro wrestling tees but kind of hang out on the periphery they're like how do you guys how are you guys able to talk to each other like that and still be cool and so that's definitely like if you don't know and you're you jump into the situation it, it, it takes a very special person to work there right like not everyone could handle the quote-unquote abuse that we give each other but um if you're down it's like the most fun place to be at so yeah it's you know again it, it, like you said it, you have to have some tough skin to to work yeah. there but it's all it's all in good fun you know yeah. we've all said the worst of the worst to each other some pretty <laughs> fucked up things uh yeah. but again you know we we all love each other you know at the end of the day yeah, it's sure you know if some if something really upsets someone for the most part it'll be like hey you know we probably shouldn't say that anymore because it clearly upsets so and so or the person will just straight up be like hey not cool can you not talk about that and it's never like oh yeah what are you gonna do about it it's oh cool don't worry about it yeah you know? um but let's uh let's head over to one of your questions dave yeah uh have you had any designs rejected by a wrestler or company that worked for another person or company so i th- i think what he's trying to say is have i ever had a design rejected and then said this will be perfect for someone else um no like yes and no so most of the designs that we end up doing for people are pretty bespoke for that person right so um you'll see a lot of t-shirts on amazon and stuff that clearly they don't know their target audience and they're just doing an algorithm to make a shirt you know um so it'll be like i'm I'm an Irish plumber with tattoos and I have views on Obamacare and you're just going to have to get used to it. It's like, who would buy that shirt? Right. And you can't just plug stuff in for a lot of these. Um, I will say I've had a lot of designs that were initially rejected that I felt strongly about. Cause like I've done enough shirts for the most part, I know what will work once it's like, if I see it, I'm like, Oh, this will be good. It's normally pretty good. Um, and not from an art. I'm not, you know, toot my own horn here but like i know if something will sell or not we'll, we'll put it that way so um i've definitely had feedback from people where they're like nah, this is not what we want and then they'll come back later and say okay we'll do that <laughs> and then it ended up being like a really good shirt so that's happened a lot and um that just comes from you know people will say they want a design and they'll say i'll let you choose but really people know what they want and sometimes maybe they're just too polite to say it until you give them something. Um, and sometimes people's ideas for designs are not great. And so once they take a step back and they're like, all right, this is probably the best for my brand or for sales. Um, you know, then they'll say, all right, we'll use that design. And that's happened a couple of times with a few big names and a few big companies. I don't want to put anyone on blast, but oh, no, no, uh, we're going to name names though. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah we had a few podcasts a few famous wrestlers or wrestling personalities and some companies so um but it's all good when it comes to that stuff i have no ego about it if someone doesn't like something i'm there to give them something they like so it's not my shirt store it's theirs so um yeah on in my personal life like i've done pop culture designs and stuff like that um, yeah, I can say I've probably finessed like a design concept and worked it for something else, but it, it doesn't happen a lot. So, 
I've, I've everything's just, bespoke. I when I worked up front uh, as reception, uh, my computer had Photoshop, and there was two designs that I did. One was for Zack Saber Jr. that uh, didn't he 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 didn't want to do the shirt, and like in hindsight, again, like I also was like. I have no, I have very little Photoshop skills. So if he doesn't like this, totally okay. And he was like, no, nah. he's like, you know, it wasn't something you wanted. And oh, it was fine. You know, wasn't like yeah. upset about it. The second design was one that did get uh, approved. It was a Tommaso Ciampa psycho killer uh, design that won the, for like a while was like his top seller. And I was like, oh. And it was literally, nice. it was literally just, I, wanted to fucking design something cool for someone that I liked. And I was like, oh, okay. So I, I've obviously not had the, the luck of designing as much stuff as you, but. So, so as someone that's not, you know, talented, quote, I unquote, get it, Dave, a, graf- a graphic designer, <laughs> uh-huh. someone whose job isn't graphic designer. How, how does something like that feel? Like you're like, holy shit. Especially when you see someone wearing the piece of merch, how does that feel for you? I mean, it felt, uh, there was definitely like the gratification of like oh like i helped the wrestler i helped the wrestler you know for me yeah. it was uh and i guess because especially from working here uh like a lot of a lot of a lot of companies will put out shirts and some some are like really cool where it's like awesome that that's something i would want to wear um right. and then sometimes they'll put things out where it's like like who's going to wear that Got like a, like a big smile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like there's just things that design. And listen, if if the person if the wrestler enjoyed that shirt, then hey, by all means, more power to them. More power yeah. to them. You know. Um. But like as someone who you know didn't design it, I just I literally just sat there and was like, hmm, like what's something I would wear? Right. Cool. I would wear this, and you know I I put it together and. Luckily, you know, he he enjoyed it. He liked it. I think there was like one tweak that he was like, can we just, you know, maybe fix this? And I fixed it and he liked it. And yeah, so it, it, was, it felt pretty cool. You know, again, just being able you to help. You out. didn't refuse. You were like, this is my artistic vision. And I really beg to differ. I was like, listen, psycho killer. Uh, yeah. No, no. I don't like, Oh, yeah, sure. Right away, sir. I will oblige. And like, yeah. I remember. Uh, I would see him at like AAW shows and he was always like, oh man, thank you so much. Cause like he would be selling the shirt there, uh, which was also cool, you know, or he's just yeah. like, oh, oh, Tommaso, just stop. Uh, this, ooh, this question, unless were, were you done or did you have anything else to, uh, no, no, I, that's all I got to say about okay. that. This one is uh, a little bit more on the serious side. So, uh, let's get ready for it. Crust or no crust on bread when making a sandwich? Uh, crust, 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 crust all the way, brother. I, uh, I've yeah. never, I've never understood. That's bread. Yeah, I've never understood the no crust, crust people. Different. Yeah, it's it's this it's literally the same stuff. It's just the outside of it. Like when you like, and when you get like a fresh loaf of bread, and it's just like, oh man, it's nothing I, better. Nothing better. I I love crust. I've never, um, I couldn't have imagined like especially like as a kid telling my mom like hey can you cut off the crust she probably would yeah like yeah like she'd be like stop wasting bread oh yeah are you kidding me like my my, my mom and dad were you know 
they had a, a lower middle class uh, income and they had to feed three kids and I was going to fucking tell them crust. I didn't want the crust. <laughs> was not going to yeah, happen. It's weird, like, you know, if you guys got any comments about it, you know, hit us up on Twitter or whatever, or Instagram, but like, why? Like, I've heard people say, crust is gross. What's gross about crust? It tastes like bread. Yeah, it's... Listen, I don't... I don't... Uh, I don't know if there's any correlation between like sociopaths and people that don't like crusts, but I'm pretty sure if I hopped on Google, there would have to be some sort of pie chart or graph somewhere that shows some sort of correlation between the two. I will say, if anything was born of this argument uh, and this uh, aversion to crust that's a benefit to humanity, it definitely is Smucker's Uncrustables. Those are... Goddamn delicious! I've never been a fan of those. And you know what? Oh. I, you know what I think it is. In grammar school, we got like generic versions of those. Yeah, and they were disgusting. Like I'm not a big PB and J fan myself. You know, like if yeah. if I if it's the only thing available, sure, like I'll have one. But I remember in grammar school, they would give us these like shitty generic ones, and they were so bad. And it was just like, why couldn't like. Oh, it was, and I think that kind of put me off to, to Uncrustables. Cause yeah. I, I remember, I think it was like in the summer where you had, you had a bunch of them. You're always like, here, do you want one? And I always felt, yeah, so, you're, I always uh, felt so rude. I was like, no, it's okay. Yeah. Actually like everyone in the pro wrestling tees room, like bring back them Uncrustables. I'm thinking about it. They just go so quick, but yeah, you go I'm to a like, big, you go to yeah. Costco and get one of those giant ones, those giant packs. Cool. <laughs> I did have I had a uh, one of these restaurants uh, I got a deep fried Uncrustable in it and that was bad because it's, it's all white bread and it just soaked up all the grease oh. it was like oh yeah that's what, like, I was, that's what I was saying I was like I don't think there's enough in there to deep fry that oh. yeah oh. not great oh. <laughs> yeah I'm a crust guy you definitely crust guy alright well my next question we can both answer this one taco shells hard or soft shell. My grandmother would roll over in her grave if I she said, had some old. What's up? <laughs> if you had some old El Paso hard shells. Yeah. Um, no, I I prefer soft. Like it's just it, like the closest thing to a hard shell taco that I'll eat would be like the Dorito Locos tacos from Taco Bell. Yeah. But you can't even eat that. It it breaks apart instantly. Yeah, I mean. You know, I'm married to a white lady. Where do white women at? Where do white women at? So, and my two stepsons are as white as the driven snow. So they really like the old El Paso with like seasoned ground beef taco meat. But I, I won't say know, no to some El Paso. Like I, you know. I won't turn it down. No, I'm not a snob. But if you said here's some old El Paso shell tacos, and you know. Not to knock them. They're getting real elaborate. They got those flat-bottomed ones that stand up. That's mm. a pretty good idea. But if you were not a heathen and you just had, you know, the double soft-shell taco and you just picked it up and, you know, carne asada with uh, onion and cilantro. I know you're a cilantro guy yourself. Ooh, I am a cilantro slut. This boy is a cilantro slut. And I don't mean the slut shame. I'm saying that as a... Ooh, girl. But I, uh, I often go to taco uh, places and I'll be like, can I get some uh, carne asada with my cilantro, please? <laughs> it's like catnip for this guy. 
but crazy for it. He's just rolling around in it, rubbing his face. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me, I, I, <laughs> I get as about excited as uh, your dog Rocky does for <laughs> first cilantro. Yeah, you're, your uh, your scrump rocket comes out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I won't turn down a, a you know a hard shell taco. Um, yeah, it's soft shell. I mean, soft shell, the tortilla. A soft tortilla is yeah. usually my go to. Yeah. But I to to go even further on that a two parter, corn or flour for a tortilla. Well, I prefer corn, but like you can get some bad corn ones. Mm-hmm. That like, fall apart really bad, uh, but I'll say corn. Well, like with me, so I there's the only the, the only tortilla brand that I will have in my household is uh, El Milagro, which is yes. the you know the white package with like the little lady hand making the tortillas on there. If anyone's seen that, which fun, funny enough, I almost dated uh, a girl who at one point was the heiress to the Milagro tortilla. Uh, like corporation, uh, but then in a very Game of Thrones style, her father got fucking he got screwed out of out of it. It was a whole thing, and I I, I was almost uh, I almost dated the the heiress to the fortune. Uh, you were almost the, the Triple H of El Milagro. Oh god, that would have been so. I would have been rolling some sweet sweet tortilla money. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they make very good flour tortillas. So. Oh. I guess I'm answering my own question. I'll, I, you know, corn my go to, but yeah. if you have, I'm a corn guy. Flour for burritos. That's how yeah. I go. That's yeah. how I roll. That's that's, and yeah, <laughs> any tortilla. Oh, that's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, yeah. All right, I'll I'll head to. Uh, we're getting down to the final two, at least that he sent yeah. us. Um, do you think that Chris Evans? Uh, and slash or Robert Downey Jr. ever reprise their roles in the MCU again in a major role. Funny enough, uh, this week I was reading a rumor um, because so Robert Downey Jr. was on Joe Rogan's podcast maybe like two months ago. Um, I believe like a month or two ago. He was, you know, he was doing the media rounds for that Dr. Doolittle movie that he was in. He was really harassing rdj yeah you know and robert robert's thing was basically like i just like i'm not gonna say no you know um right it like the option's always there if it's something worth my time which i, I yeah, he basically said it's gotta be compelling to you him. know very similar to cm punk when you know like when they ask him are you ever gonna come back to wrestle it's like if it's something worth my time and compelling sure right. You know, um, and that was Robert Downey Jr.'s uh, thing. Allegedly, because that that movie or that Doctor Doolittle movie bombed, you know, yeah, like it bombed bad. Uh, so, I guess due to that, he is now considering uh, being in. So for a while, there's a I think it's like blacklist or something like that, where they have scripts uh, where that are like considered oh this script is so good but it's just it's not made it's probably not going to get made and there's a an Ironheart one who uh for those of you unaware Ironheart is a Riri I forget her last name um but in the comic book she takes over for Iron Man right so there's now rumors of her being the one to take up the mantle of uh you know Ironheart Iron Man and that Robert Downey Jr. would come back as the AI which is a great idea. Great idea, because I mean, he already wasn't 
in the suit as much. You know, he was already doing the least amount of possible, which is fine. He's or he's earned. He that. You know, yeah. that franchise he carried that franchise on his back for years. So if you know he wants to have some stunt double do everything for him, by all means, um, yeah. that's fine. You know, because you, I really wouldn't want him to come back from the dead, per se. Like that would cheapen what happened. Exactly. You know, it would cheapen yeah. what happened. So, you know, if he comes, if listen, I I will leave it at this. The, the my same. It's my my go to answer whenever people ask me this question about uh, CM Punk. If it happens, fuck yeah, I will. Yeah. I will. I'm with it a hundred percent. If it doesn't, totally okay with it. You know, totally fine with it. I understand. Um, as far as Chris Evans, uh. And, I think Chris Evans is more likely than yeah. Robert Especially like I feel like this Winter Soldier show, like I feel like it might end with, you know, like the the movie ends with um, it, what was it Endgame? It ends with him giving uh Sam Wilson the shield. Yeah, from the previews that we saw, clearly the government's like, oh, uh, that's actually our property. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. And they have a. Uh, you know their their version of Captain America. Yeah, I think at the end of Captain, or you know, at the end of this show, what is it, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier? I think we'll see Sam in the Captain America outfit, and he will once again get the shield. You know, the prover- the proverbial torch will be handed to him again right. from Chris Evans. You know, um, what about you? What do you you know? Um, I've always thought that. Robert Downey Jr. as an AI is probably the best way to one preserve, you know, the legacy of his sacrifice, but also, I mean, let's face it. He's one of the, he's one of the, the most favorite characters. He he was what started the whole Marvel universe craze. And so people, it's understandable. They want him and it's not far fetched in a storyline sense that he would create an AI of himself, especially He's been a narcissistic character, you know, even throughout his redemptive arc. Um, if I want to do a cop out and say, do I see him doing voiceover for like a cartoon or a video game or Marvel's What If? I think that counts. Yeah, I could see him reprise as that. Um, and uh, same thing for Captain America. I think I, I think it's more likely for Chris Evans only because. Um, especially with what happened in Endgame, he went back in time and yes, he lived his life with Peggy, but who, you know, they didn't say he didn't do Captain America stuff the whole time too. You know what I mean? It's probably not likely, but you know, there's still more possibility than Robert Downey Jr. coming back from the dead. So... Um, I'll say yes to both. It's possible. Yeah, I mean that that's fair. Um, yeah, well, yeah let, let's uh, take it over to to your question. Yeah, hold on. All right, any <laughs> any new PWT cast shirts coming out? And they said I should have asked both of you this. Um, yes. So, um, the design that Zack Saber Junior. didn't want will be the new design for. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exact same um, design. So, I'm working on a couple. Um, so 
I'm in the unique position where I work from home mostly anyways. And so with the downtime, I've kept pretty busy, like pretty much as busy as I normally do. Um, and then also, you know, we're doing a lot of stuff for AEW. And as you saw, you know, we had two new debuts. So we were working on stuff in secret for that. Um, but I do have a couple ideas and I got to just carve out some time probably this week to knock out a few of them. Cause it's been a while since we did a new release. Um, but yes, short answer is yes. We're planning on it. Um, long answer is I got to get off my ass. And do it. So, um, I'll find some time and like I've been spitballing with, uh, with scrump here and you know, we got some ideas cooking, so you should, you should be seeing something fairly soon. Um, and then the search to complete the collection continues, you know? Yeah. I mean, like it, it's, it's funny cause it, it happens. It all happen often where you come up to me, you're like, what do you think about this for like a t-shirt design? And I'm like, yeah, like, yeah, just do it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, do it. Like I'm such a, I'm such a whore for myself. If something has my name on it, I will probably, I, I will wear it regardless, you know, like I'll approve it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, by all means, like you, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, of course, like you're the guy go for it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. if you want to do it, go for it. And yeah, well, and you have, you have a special request for one that I'm having a little trouble technically doing it. Yeah. I mean, um, that, that one might be, you know, it's Yeah. If, but it'll be cool. Yeah, if we can pull that, if we can pull that, listen, if we can pull that off, that might be a tattoo. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah, because it's like, so. if we can pull that off, it'll be, yeah, you know, it'll be good. But that, that, it'll be we'll, cool. We'll, we'll leave them, we'll leave you guys with, with that if, as far as yeah. Birch goes, if we can pull that off, it'll be good. Um, and it's, this is, unfortunately, this is the last question he asked me. Um where would you like to see Star the Star Wars movies go since the Skywalker saga is over? Um, I talked about like with this last trilogy um, on the episode with Joe. Uh, if you go back and, and listen to it, the one we yeah. did on the Jericho cruise um, with Rachel. Rachel was also there. Shout out Rachel. Yeah. Um, Another show. Yeah, I felt. I really loved The Force Awakens. That was the the first one that they did, right? Yeah. I like I love that one. I went to the theaters four, maybe five times to watch it. You know, like I I don't know what it was. You know, like I just I really loved it. And then the complete opposite of that with the The Last Jedi. Like it yeah. was to me, it is just Oh, you hate that movie. With I have such hate and vitriol for it, like, yeah, it is a cinematic abortion to me. Yeah, you know, and I know it's silly for some people for for anyone to get that upset about, you know, any any sort of like media like that that you can't control, and some people love it. Sure, that's fine, you know, but by all means, enjoy what you enjoy. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Yeah. And then the last one came out and I just, I wasn't a fan of it because like. You didn't, you didn't hate it as much as. But it just, I think where it suffered the most was you didn't get to finish. You started part one and then 
The, the reason J.J. Abrams never came back was because Disney fucked him. You know, they told him, you know, hey, you can do whatever you want on The Force Awakens, and he kind of had some stuff, and they were like, mm, okay, sure, but, you know, this, this, and this, we want to change. But everything else, it's fine. And they just kind of kept changing things on him, and then that was the reason why he didn't, you know. He got a bad taste in his mouth. For bad that. taste in his mouth, and he was like, all right, here's this one. Like, I, he laid everything out. You know, it was right there, and the sequel to me it bombed i don't care how much money it made it bombed it was right i'm sorry i know i know some people enjoy it and i'll probably get tweets it was it was like i liked it but i could see why people wouldn't it was subversive it took and trust some sacred cows and slaughtered them and and listen and trust me i can i can go on for i i can have a whole 20 30 minute conversation about my distaste for that movie but yeah um you know, so that happens, and then they bring JJ back, and it's just like, all right, well, you, you have to, you have to fix things so that people forget this last movie happened. So you kind of have to erase that, and then you kind of have to finish telling part three of your story, but you never got to tell part two of your story, so you have to hurry up and and get through it fast. And like to me, there was no reason, there was absolutely no reason other than like it has to be a trilogy that you couldn't have just done like episode nine and then episode ten. Right. There was no reason. I mean, again, other than they wanted... You need, they, you need three trilogies. They wanted three trilogies. That was fucking, you know, that was their big thing. They wanted three trilogies. Um, and so now that it's over, like, and I, I, and I just, I feel so bad because there's so many compelling characters and so many cool things they could have done. But, you know, unfortunately, I don't have the eye of Agamotto to go back in time and right. fix any of this nor even if i did would i be in a position to to fix any of that uh right. but i mean now that you know all that's done um i like the route that they're taking with uh with mandalorian you know like yes. the star wars universe is so much bigger that you can expand upon those stories and do so much more with it you know like i love mandalorian like I, yeah. I've been wanting. I've been actually planning to rewatch it as, as much as I should probably be watching Tiger King, but I want to rewatch it because like it was such a good show. Yeah, and it was in that universe, and it used elements of that universe without having to like rely so heavily on you know episodes yeah. one through nine. Yeah. And even like I would have no problem if they were just like. Well, we finished that Skywalker trilogy, but like we're still gonna keep doing Skywalker movies. Like Luke or Mark Hamill is still around, by all means. Yeah, so much him. stuff happened off screen. Yeah, and uh, so people have always said, him included. Uh, who is the guy that plays uh, Bucky Barnes, fucking the Winter Soldier? Sebastian Stan. Sebastian Stan looks like a young Mark Hamill. You can, yeah, I can see that. You can do the in between years with Sebastian Stan. And then, you know, have Mark Hamill playing older Mark Hamill. Yeah. You know, that way you don't have to use up all your budget doing that, like, weird de-aging CGI. Um, Yeah, like, he's there. He wants to do this stuff. Clearly, he was disappointed with Last Jedi because there was was no shortage of interviews where he's like, yeah, that that definitely was not my favorite. So there's there's enough there to where you can do something with him. And, yeah, I think, you know... You can definitely do that. Like I liked Ray. I liked what they were doing with her, and she just became a Mary Sue. And yeah, kind of I mean, 
for me, like to me, the beautiful the beauty of Star Wars as a property, and what they they did successfully for years was they had like the wider canon. You know, you had all the the legend stories. Um, that you know they rendered everything not canon, but then they started bringing back stuff. Um, you have all these stories from across the entire you know, universe of star Wars that you can play on. And like Mandalorian did a great job of showing we can, we can acknowledge that things exist, but like, uh, like you said, we don't have to draw from episodes one through nine. Um, that's just something that happened. And also in this universe, here's what this guy's doing. And like Mandalorian showed, you could do that really well. Um, you also got stuff like you could do clone Wars stories, you know, as, you know, and you know, spoiler alert, but I guess you know, Ahsoka Tan is uh, Rosario Dawson. She's going to be playing Ahsoka in Mandalorian season two. That's something from you know Clone Wars and stuff. And so as it's well, just rich. As well, if you st- you have Hayden Christensen and fucking Ian McGregor right there, and they've yeah. t- they've openly expressed like, yeah, we're in. Give us the call. We're in. Well, and. They're doing an Obi-Wan show, which is great. A lot of people wanted to see that. Um, and yeah, and now that you got you and McGregor on board, there's no reason you shouldn't have Hayden Christensen doing stuff with him. Sam Jackson's still around? Yeah, so there's definitely, you could, you could show stuff with Palpatine behind the scenes, you know, all. There's just, you could show young Yoda. There's, there's all sorts of stuff that you can do. And so I think if Disney's smart, and of course they're smart, they own everything. Um, you know, they'll they'll really leverage Disney Plus and the movies to kind of do – they'll replicate what happened with Marvel. Marvel did such a great job with tying in shows and one-shots and movies and then this big, expansive universe. I mean, what better way to do that than with Star Wars? So I'm looking forward to seeing like a lot of other Disney Plus stuff. It'll be pretty cool. Yeah, um, listen, any Star Wars is, you know, any Star Wars is good Star Wars for me, you know? Like, just yeah, just give it all to me. I just, I want all the Star Wars. Um, did, yes, you, sure. did you have uh, a question left, or was that the, the last Yeah, question? final question. It, it must have got out there uh, about some of my favorite fandom, but he asked, what, what's my favorite Batman villain? Oh, you're a fan of Batman? So, oh, <laughs> he didn't know? I love Batman. So, um, you know, I'm going to be a basic bitch and say, obviously, Joker. I love the Joker. I don't love what they're doing with the Joker now, which a lot of people seem to love. But uh, um, I liked almost every iteration of the Joker from, like, the murderous clown to, like, you know, you got Silver Age, slapstick, you know, goofy caper Joker to back to maniacal clown. And then, you know. He's evolved and he's changed with the times, much like, you know, a lot of wrestlers do successfully. Um, But if we're going to discount the Joker, because that's an easy out, um, I'd have to say. Mm. I'm going to say the Penguin. Really? Yeah. Even though I don't like the way he gets represented now a lot um the thing i like about him is he's kind of like this perverse 
twisted image of Bruce Wayne. The Cobblepots are old money in Gotham. The Waynes got all the, the shine. Um, and instead of you know dedicating his life to a noble pursuit, he's he's a criminal and he's a gun runner and you know um, he, he's he in a way he's like Doctor Doom to Reed Richards, right? Doom is he's always like I'm smarter than Richards. What what the hell? You know what I mean? He's always got like this complex about it. Um, and I I feel like if you play the Penguin correctly, you get some of that. You know. And I mean, we might we might get that they have a what's his face Colin Farrell playing, yes, Penguin, which like so I'm excited I'm excited to see. Yeah. Um, I hate I hated the way the Penguin was in Gotham, and that's part of the reason why I stopped watching Gotham. Um, you know, he did it was some bold acting choices, but it just wasn't for me. So, um, but yeah, if I if I didn't say Joker, I'd say Penguin. Um, and you know, Batman's celebrated for having one of the best Rogues galleries in all of comics. But if we're being really honest, seventy-five percent of them are garbage. <laughs> you yeah, know, they're goofy, kite man and fucking condiment king and firefly. They're, they're stupid. <laughs> See, I, I haven't, I haven't. Oh, read, can, I, what? can I change it? Not the penguin, Bane. I'll say Bane. <laughs> Bane, Bane's a good one. So I, I don't go as far with like the Batman comics. Like I've. I've always wanted to delve into like I've always heard Court of Owls is like Court of Owls is great. You know, that it's like it's really good. Um but I think with me, my 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 go to is always and this is even funny enough, I'm staring at a, a picture of Batman the animated series right now. Um Mr. Freeze like that storyline that they did in that show, even as a kid, I was just like Oh my god! Oh, from animated series, yeah, yeah. From the animated series. Where, for those of you unaware, like, it, he's doing this all for his wife, you for know? Nora, yeah, for Nora. And it's not like the cheesy, like, ah ha ha, ice to meet you that you see in fucking, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it's a serious, complex like story and storyline where you know, like he's he's just trying yeah. to bring his wife back. For for you youngsters that have not had the pleasure of seeing Batman the animated series when it was you know during its live run, um, Heart of Ice is I think it, I think it won an Emmy. Yeah, because it, like, it won. I'm pretty sure it won an Emmy. It was it was great. It was it, it was the best. The great thing about Batman the animated series was it introduced like noirish elements and art deco to like a whole generation of kids that had no idea what that was. Um, but also they took things very seriously. Like you would never see this in like the super friends, but, uh, yeah, it's a doc. Uh, sorry. Uh, Mr. Freeze is just trying to heal his wife and he's got her cryogenically frozen. And, you know, they kind of play on that a little bit in Batman forever, but it's the, it's completely goofball, but like, in the comics and in like the video games, you know, from animated series on, they really treat uh, Mister Freeze with kid gloves. He's a he's a great character. That's a, that's a pretty good choice. Yeah, I mean that would be like you because I mean, gun to my head, I would also say Joker, but like yeah. you know the the that's the common man's answer. It's trendy. It's yeah. trendy to say, Joker. but like and. It, 
he's just such like a good character when done good, you know. For yeah. for all your Heath Ledgers, you have your Jared Leto's, and you know, hey, maybe it wasn't Jared Leto's fault, whatever. But like, I, I like I still remember watching The Dark Knight for the first time, and like the yeah. that I will I and I've always said I I will always I will, you know till you know till the last even as my last synapses are firing off, the one thing that will be replaying in my head is the interrogation scene in The Dark Knight. Like, that is such a good fucking scene. And, you know, for those of you, I don't know who, actually, I know some people who haven't watched The Dark Knight. And I'm like, what have you been doing since 2007? You know, it would have been for the last 13 years. Clearly not living life right. Um, You know, it's a scene where, you know, they finally catch the Joker. Batman goes there to interrogate him. And he just gets into fucking Bruce's head. And he's just mind fucking him the whole time. And there's like the one scene where he's like, oh, he's like, yeah, you know, I got your girl. And he's like, what? He's like, He's like you. He was like you were really gonna let Harvey Dent take the fucking fall, and that's when he starts losing it, and he's just beating the shit out of the Joker. And mine, it was like real punches too, because Joker was like Heath Ledger was like fucking hit me, you know, make this look legit. And so yeah. he's hitting him, and he's just like you have nothing. Like I'm literally getting goosebumps right now. All your power. It. He's like yeah. all, all your power, all your money. He goes, you have nothing. You have nothing to use against me. And that is like that is who the Joker is, you know. Yeah. He. He just wants to see the world fucking burn. Well, and I think that's when so like DC's doing this thing with the three jokers and they're trying they're really trying to like establish canon origin for him. And they're really trying to explain the Joker. And I think that's a bad idea because like the Joker at his best is he's a force of nature. Like you would never wonder what a tornado's motivations were for wrecking a town. It just, that's what a tornado does. Right. And so like the Joker just wants to be the Joker. (laughs) He happened to catch Batman happened to catch his eye and he likes fucking with Batman. And that's just what he does. And so like dark, dark Knight was like a perfect, like he had no agenda. He just wanted to fuck with people. And like, you know, you got all this power and what are you going to do with it? It doesn't affect me at all. And like that, that was brains versus brawn like writ large it was great so um but i the reason i love bane which i can't believe i didn't pick bane he's brains and brawn like he doesn't get depicted very well in uh visual like uh motion pictures or tv but like in the comic books you know he he's obviously uh like luchador themed um he was raised in a prison and he's smart and he's he takes venom so he's strong, but like he beat Batman with his brains mostly. Like he broke his back, but like he figured out that Batman was Bruce Wayne. Then he released all the villains from prison. So Batman just spent t- like twenty four hours just catching everyone and putting them back in like prison. And then he came home like, oh, I'm finally done. He's exhausted, and then Bane shows up and breaks his back. Like the smartest way to beat Batman ever. See, I didn't, I didn't mind, uh, I didn't mind the Bane that they gave us in, uh, was uh, it Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. I didn't mind it. Like, I know some people, you know, they didn't like the, the voice that he had. I, I'm again thought it was fine. Like I, yeah, it was all right. Was, I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, especially not to the extent that some people were just like, you know, condemning, you know christopher nolan for it 
I thought it was fine. There's, there's no way other than that that you could do Bane realistically. Exactly. You know, he's not going to turn into the Hulk with Venom. Yeah, exactly. So. Like it, it, I thought it was fine. You know, yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely do enjoy like the aesthetic of fucking cool ass Bane, especially like as a luchador. Yeah, like well, and then like you know, he's like he's like Latin American or Central American. Like they never really say, I don't think, but like you know, they then they kind of changed him into like Scottish or whatever. I don't like that. Um, no, but uh, yeah, like a Colombian mastermind that fucking is smart and like business savvy. He's very business savvy. Those Colombians tend to be. Yeah. So yeah, no, I changed from Penguin to Bane, but then Penguin, and then uh, yeah, I think that's all the questions I got. Yeah, I mean, thank you, Jesse. You literally provided us with an hour's worth of content yeah. with just those questions. Um, so yeah, thank you again to Jesse for all those questions and. Yeah, that's a lot of time. We've been fucking, we've been going on for two for about two hours now, almost two and a half. Yeah, cool. So, and I know up front we we advertised that we would have a cousin Jeremy on, but I think you know what? You know, we're gonna be so long winded. Yeah, and you know with yeah. special circumstances right now because with uh, with uh, the coronavirus kind of keeping everyone indoors, people are people are hungry for some content. So yeah. how about? How about you just keep an eye open on uh, on Wednesday? Because yeah, I got I got a feeling something special will drop. Uh, something special will drop on this feed on Wednesday, and just keep your eyes open, you guys. Yeah. Um, but uh, Dave, I've run out of things to say, man. Yeah, me too. I'm done. Yeah, we've been we've been going on for for quite a while now, and yeah, we're we're both running out of things to say at this point. So. Uh, until next week, guys, or maybe Wednesday. Wink. Maybe. Wink. Uh, I've been Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is friend of the show, Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here, friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang. <laughs>